What is going on, everybody? This is the Eat Sleep Elite Review Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. They call me the Digital Duke. They call me the Neon Hammer. They call me the Digital Phantom. I'm the Duke of Derbs, here with my best butt in the world, Charlie. How you doing there, buddy? Headshot. Doing pretty good. We had uh, a nice five, uh, a nice five shows this week, so we got some good stuff to talk about. No, nah, we had four and a half shows. Let's be real. Four and a half might be more accurate. <laughs> to be honest with you, like it was basically like we had a third hour of collision, but that's not really how it was treated. Like you know, but like it wasn't a collision style show, so I don't know. We'll get into all that though and more because you know, obviously, we got some stuff to talk about. There was some, uh, you know. I guess we could call it like dark related news because like, dark is dead, but like, you know, stuff that happened on dark still happened this year and some people were on there and other places and so on. And there might be some stuff going on there in the WWE world as well. You know, WWE always loves to try and snipe that talent that they just like miss sometimes on their developmental shows in AEW's uh, universe, which actually, you know what, because I don't think this will be something, well, maybe, maybe I should save it, but like, I guess an interesting question would be like, you know, like, does AEW focus so, some, a little bit too much sometimes on bringing these people in, getting a look at them, kind of exposing their hand a little bit on people that maybe aren't even that well known? You know, maybe they're known to people like Shawn Michaels, but maybe he doesn't make a move on them because he doesn't think there's the interest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because we know the WWE gets motivated by when they see from somebody that's like, even like a, a person that appeared once on a dark, like three times, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like on one taping, you know what I mean? Like, they might consider that a win i don't know like it's we'll get into all that stuff and more but like you know like there's also like you know our 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 regular reviews that we go through every week we're gonna make sure we get through our favorites that's the way we start everything off but before we get into all that i just have a couple things i want to take care of the first orders of business being that you can follow us on twitter you can follow me at bane duke that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e you can follow charlie at o charlie with an x instead of an a uh follow us at excuse me follow us at eat sleep elite on twitter that's eat sleep elite on Twitter. I can say the words. I swear, I, I, our our Twitter handle is not a tongue twister. I don't know why I'm struggling with that. Anyway, um, I literally <laughs> came up with the name. Anyway, um, I think it's one of my best podcast names. By the way, I don't know. It's pretty good though. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, and that being said, though, you know, um. Before before we get into all the favorites and stuff like that, you know, picture sure whatever podcast platform, you know, if you happen to be tuning in for the first time, you might might just be on your podcast and you see maybe you listen to, I don't know, what's the most popular podcast is in like Jim Cornette's drive through or something like that, you know, like not the most popular ever, but like of, of the wrestling shows, you know, like if maybe you see a recommendation of like, I don't know how you'd get us and recommended to that guy's shit, but you know, I'm sure it's happened before, you know, <laughs> like, um, because we're in that same universe, you know, make sure you hit that follow in or subscribe on whatever platform you happen to be listening on. Um, and yeah, just uh, one like last thing before I, uh, I get into the notes here or, uh, of everything and my favorite, um, Charlie, I, I think this is something that, you know, um, probably should be saved for the Battle of the Belt section, but I just, it's fresh in my fucking mind. It's been in the back of my head. Oh, yeah. Since the card was announced. Is. AEW relying on these like it, or sorry is AEW not using shows like Battle for the Belts and like you've you know I've I think there's an argument they've they've you know there's not been a Quake of the Lake again there's not been um as many of these frequent TV centered shows and yet we still get Battle for the Belts every like few months it seems like and yeah most of these Battle for the Belts shows are just not that good let's be honest like oh, I, yeah, I would no. say the first couple um, were pretty solid but so like 
I guess the big question I'm posing to you is what is the point? I have no idea what their plan is with these shows. Because we were, I remember when we covered Battle of the Belt 6, it was very famously just dunked on. No one was feeling it. It was, it was pretty rough. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it wasn't any better this time. They didn't, they didn't do anything different. I mean, like, it, I guess Statlander and, and Willow that, we should have wanted more from that, but they didn't really give us a reason to care about it because they touch it once every couple of weeks. They build upon this, and it's really I, if they. I just wish they'd utilize Battle of the Belts as a spot where you tune in to see the biggest matches. Like we don't have our women's championship on there, we don't have our men's championship on there, we don't have the tag team championship on there. We kind of have just every secondary belt, more or less, is just being defended on the show, and it's like. I think if AEW doesn't care about it, it's it's hard for us to be like, why why should we care about it? I mean, we can't even throw the main Ring of Honor title on there. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's very upsetting where, how about all the belts has honestly been treated in? I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but Orange Cassidy's title reign seems to be just going right down the same path it was doing. And yeah, we'll uh, definitely we'll definitely talk about that for sure. But I just I just that's that's what's been in the back of my mind all this week while we're like bleeding up the battle for the belts. I was like, wait, there's a battle for the belts because it feels like they didn't really advertise it. Like nope. normally we would get a couple of weeks of advertising for these shows. I feel like you know like, and I feel like they didn't really like I didn't I, as a person who's obsessive about AEW. I feel like I didn't know this was going to be happening, and I feel like I should have known. You know what I mean? Like, um, and there was zero like inclination Samoa Joe was on that show. There was none. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was them realizing how little the show actually had to offer on it. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I wonder sometimes, I know we usually like to start off with positivity on this show. And I know I kind of like broke the mold a little bit with that, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. This was what's stuck in my mind right now. You know, um, like I, it's funny because AEW doesn't have a problem with putting on quality wrestling shows. Watch any dynamite, watch most collision, or sorry, most, watch most dynamite, watch most collisions. You know what I mean? Like watch all these shows and maybe you get like a pretty okay rampage in there. So I don't know what the problem is, but I can tell you that it doesn't feel like it does for me what I wish it did. And what I initially in my head, when I first heard of this concept, what I thought it could be, you know, like I I just, I feel like it, it should be every battle of the belts should main event with one of those main kind of, I'm, I'm gonna even throw ROH's world title in this. One of those main four belts, and that's the men's, women's yeah, yeah, tag. Yeah, yeah. And Ring the show would have gotten people interested. I think. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you could have done your an Eddie Kingston match, and, and people would have cared. But instead, you have him lose an hour before that. So it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't care. So I, I, I yeah. It's uh, battle of the belts is uh, I don't know. I wouldn't care if they did another one. You. Oh, no, I mean, if they do another one, I just hope that they don't just flippantly do these shows like this because they did like they learned their lesson with that. I mean, probably only like three or four of those ones they did in the lead up to MJF winning the world title actually seemed like they actually did need numbers. So I think they've kind of realized that, you know, like and like, I don't know. I don't know if 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 it's a just uh, they maybe they scheduled this event thinking they would still have the, you know, the the hype around it. 
I'm gonna say like is it is it was it the was it genuinely just the championships they put on the show because like I just don't know. Yeah, we should definitely move on to some other stuff because there's gonna be a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're gonna have to talk about Battle for the Belts itself. Um, or Battle well, of Battle the for the Belt Six said. was the first time we didn't feature one of those four championships, and now we're doing it again. So I think they are. You know, it that that does matter. You know, it is interesting. My bad. I'm getting um, the numbers wrong. This is number eight. My bad. So that's three in a row now. We haven't used those titles. So yeah, yeah. I mean, do with that information what you will. But uh, it's yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about the show, you'll notice there's like there was just like a, a noticeable lack of energy and stuff for the show, you know. It, and it, it's something you can do to get past that, unfortunately. Um, but now that we've spent, now that we've brought the entire energy of the show down and made you, uh, Hey, I'll tell you what though. now people will probably want to definitely stick through the whole thing to make sure they hear what we say about that show since we just ragged on it for like the first, <laughs> like however long of the show, you know? So, cause we'll have more to say. We, we didn't even get into the real issues that we have with the show, the actual matches and stuff on the show, which I'm sure we didn't actually dislike any of the matches matches like really, really badly, but like, just like the, like I said, just stick around for that. Cause you'll definitely want to hear what we have to say um and it's crazy and, and and i'll say this because the match quality overall this week was actually pretty good i would say like um I, charlie Very, yeah. do you have thoughts like there were some matches yes and there was a lot of meh and we'll go to that but there's always that in a wrestling show if, if you look at like raw from like a couple of years ago there was a lot of meh you know like so it's like it probably still is a lot of meh let's be honest you know what i mean a lot of stuff that just never goes anywhere and stuff you know like because like it's not that it's not that it's the same way that it used to be where they would just Remember when they would used to announce matches on Raw and then they would just not happen? That was always great. Um, uh, you know, for the next week. Remember that? Do you remember that horrible fucking precedent they set for like, God, how long did that go on for? Oh, WWE? dude, we'd be talking about our excitement for a match. And it just <laughs> wouldn't happen. Next week? Oh, yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. That was such a fun time. Anyway, so uh, we'll get into our favorites and actually talk about some content from the show that we, you know, actually want to talk about. And uh, we went... You know, uh, we're, we're kind of like slowly like zipping back through in time because, you know, we've gone, we were talking about Battle for the Belts a little bit. And now we're going to uh, a match that needed no belts, a match that will never need belts and a match that, you know, honestly, maybe like, I on paper, great match. But like you just, sometimes, especially when it comes to two like, people that are really, really well known for having good quality matches and are on run, sometimes it just they meet and it doesn't work out. And it's it's happened before. Um, but I didn't have that thought going in because, you know, Andrade El Idolo and uh, Brian Danielson, um, have, I think had two of the, probably the cleanest streaks of just pure praise for me. If you we were to go and track back through all the podcasts across this year, I think those are two guys that, you know, ever since Andrade came back and, uh, you know, when Brian wasn't injured at different points throughout this year, um, that I was constantly singing their praises. Um, and so basically the way I described this in my notes is like, this is like peak firing on all cylinders on Drade and Brian Danielson, who's done this hot streak lately, ever since he's been given like sort of the keys to the kingdom, if you will, you know what I mean? And that is personified in one thing. And that is Charlie, the bell rang and they started saying, this is awesome before they even touched. <laughs> oh, and man. you know, the crowd knows what they're doing when they do that. Um, I'm going to keep banging, banging this drum until we get it, Charlie. This is another match. I would love to see turn into a best of seven series if it somehow could do it. Um, oh, come on. I mean, just incredible stuff. Uh, this match definitely kicked ass. They did like some gigabrain chain wrestling and transitioning all through the submissions and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, I was writing in my notes that, like, if this was, like, Andrade, like, he had debuted, like, actually debuted, like, he'd never been, like, you know, on, like, a television show before, right? Like, he hadn't had his time in WWE or whatever, right? Um, And AEW had just, like, found this guy, right? And, like, this was, like, a match that I saw, like, after the run of matches he's been on, like, that, that's, like, breakout star type shit, which tells me that the run that Andrade is on right now is one of the best runs that people are on this year. There's a couple guys, Adam Page, Brian, uh, Brian Danielson, obviously, John Moxley, Ricky, Ricky Starks, excuse me, and, uh, you know, various others who have just on these ridiculous streaks of matches. Maybe even Dark, but Dax Harwood to an extent, you know, like, and just... Uh, it's just it's one of those things that I don't think we're going to appreciate like in a couple of years from now Charlie when we're I'm sure still reviewing this assuming the AEW hasn't gone completely to shit and we just decided to stop you know um like that um that I think we'll look back and not understand how much beauty that we had on every week of wrestling with stuff like this because um I don't know man like I I this this run of matches that Brian is on I mean just like I'll throw it to you because I'm just like kind of just like running out of things to say here because I'm like I'm, a lot of my notes is just like sort of glazing up Daniel, uh, Daniel glazing you know up, I mean? eh? But you know I can't help it because like it's like for me so far this year, and maybe this is gonna be a hot take. Um, and there is still one guy who could maybe take this, and he's got a match to do it, and he could fucking do it, and I would so love him for it. But right now for me, it's been super super lock. Brian Danielson pretty much all year has been just the best in AEW, right? And yeah. um, just talk about that run that he's on, and uh, then I'll talk about what happened afterward that made somehow managed to make like <laughs> as I'm saying that about MJF, right? Who I'll just say that's the other guy that could knock him off, right? As I'm saying that with MJF about to go into one of maybe one of the craziest main events of the year that we've even had, right? And they're also setting up a match with Brian that could end up being one of the matches of the year, which we'll get into in a second. We just talk about. This ridiculous match that Andrade and Brian Yeah, had for absolutely. A I had a blast watching this. Yeah, and um, you know, we're kind of in an era where this match catalog that Danielson's putting together is going to be seen as his legendary run. I think when people look back on Danielson in twenty years, they're gonna talk about a lot of his runs. You know, they'll talk about his uh the underdog movement to win the world title. And they're gonna talk about many other things, uh Team Hell No, you name it. But when it comes to AEW, they're going to talk about, well, the formation of the Combat Club was pretty fucking epic. Well, night one with Kenny Omega. Like, I'm sorry. It's never going to get the praise because AEW is obviously viewed as secondary and was at the time. So they'll never get the praise probably until, like, AEW is, you know, dead and buried 100 years from now. But, like, when people are looking back on wrestling historians, like, when, when if it's still around, like, then, right? They'll look back and be like, they're going to look and see... The Blackpool Combat Club being formed by Brian and John out of like this feud that was yeah. like also just incredible in the lead up when they were just like, like, they just like, will they, won't they think that's going to go down as one of the best storylines in the history of wrestling. It's got to, honestly, it, like, it's, it's crazy beautiful. That it, it, and it's one of the most like, like, who knows, like what people could say about it. Cause it's like, I don't even know the impact that it has had on AEW. Just, I mean, that's just insane. Like on its own, not, not to interrupt you in the middle of your you know time on this. No, but uh, it's hundred percent right. And just like the last, the other one I was going to say is when he showed up and fought Kenny Omega, that's, that's something that just doesn't happen. And you have essentially two of the top wrestlers in the world, but they haven't been able to wrestle each other. Cause one's been across the world. And the other's been in uh, the WWE, which is just taking, you know, they're doing their own thing. It's like two different empires. 
and these guys show up and have a match and it fucking delivers. It goes to that 30 minute time draw. And it's like, there's so many things about Danielson's career that we're going to remember. That's it. I mean, I'm just talking, you know, in the past 10 years, you can go beyond that and you'll get a whole nother uh, catalog. But this run that he's on, it's, it's truly legendary. And I know they use the dream match terminology here. And I'll say this. I mean, we saw this match in, uh, I believe it was SmackDown, and it was a good match. But this one felt different. And I think we all know, you know, it's one of those things that AWTV kind of, I think the chains are always loose, and you can feel it. Now, there's guys right now that are defining this, one being Gunther, who we'll talk about in a second with his title reign. But, you know, there's certain guys that kind of define that. But, um, bro, imagine... If like some sort of like invitational match happened, yeah, and you got Gunther versus current Danielson it would be, in New Japan, it would, dude. It, it would break the fucking. It, it would break the world. Fuck it. it. Everything's broken. Um, it would be. It would be truly special. And the match itself, dude. When you're getting Andrade in these submissions, like that's the Andrade I love. And when he's doing that, I always think of his match with Gargano, and I was like, oh, this is so fucking good you know what i'll say something I, i'll admit to something I, I used to like the name walter uh, he's gunther now bro that that legacy has been built now with that yeah name. I, I it's not you can't disassociate from it that's gunther bro he was he may have been walter one that's gunther now you know yeah. and you're kind of known as like the best ic champ ever <laughs> a legendary belt it you, you fuck it and um yeah just these guys really cooked together and i thought this was a, a great way to uh start the wrestling night on Saturday. Uh Saturday night. And um yeah, talk about this post match angle here. Malachi Black. So throughout the show, we had multiple and we'll get through it but and, and we'll talk about it in the context. But this was I believe the second time that we got or was this the first? first. I'm not entirely yep. sure. This was the first okay. Lights go so the lights so there was multiple times where the lights went out and they, you know, and made their moves against people um and various feuds and stuff like that and i just love because i think i remember saying something to you about this a while about maybe it wasn't on the podcast but maybe it was either way um that this would be kind of a cool angle if like because i think they have done a similar thing in the past where they're like we're gonna just fight everyone because we have the numbers anyway and we're also fucking wizards so we can kill you you know it's like oh shit all right you know like um and so we got our first version of that and i just the idea that we're getting a malachi versus uh, brian danielson match with this run that brian's been on and malachi also is silently like always one of the best wrestlers of the year by far in AEW. He, I can't think of like other than like maybe one or two matches since we started reviewing this two years ago now. I think it's been two years now, right? Almost yeah. or something like that. Yeah, almost two years. About two years ago. And he's been one of the most consistent wrestlers ever since. And I don't think, I think it's like two matches, I think. And I think one of them was a trios match. And it was just like a jobber team or something like that, which didn't really matter. You know, like, but like, so realistically, one match that wasn't a squash in, in two years that I didn't like. That's insane. I can't think of any others because the guy's just that good. And we're getting him versus this version of Brian. That is just... Are, are they trying to break the scale this year of, of match ratings? It might be. I mean, it's... Danielson's just... It's really special. And Malachi Black's another one I think we've all been just... We always have that thought in our head when you see those two names together and you're like, Oh, wow. I mean, you can even go back two years ago that this run he's on. Like, you could say it's been starting since then. You go to, like, the, the fucking full gear eliminator tournament two years ago. And in my opinion, 
he had Dustin Rhodes' second best match in AEW. Of course, I'm going to take the, you know, Dustin and Cody being his best, but I, I that's Dustin Rhodes, and, and what a match that those guys had. It's like this. It doesn't matter who he's out there with. It's going to be a different match, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So, yeah, I just, I just, I can't help, like, this... And, like, the other thing that's, like, subtly, like, we might get, you know, another Malachi-Andrade match at some point because, oh, you know, that he please. was also there. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, like, we got so many insane things coming out of this. And I'm it, this is the kind of shit that gets me excited to watch next week on Collision and stuff like that. Especially because we never know. They might not just stop at Collision. They might go to freaking Dynamite and start killing people there. Yeah. Uh, we need more of the, uh, you know the uncertainty angles, if you will, right? Speaking of just awesome. By the way, somebody pointed out, and I will just point this out because I don't know if I'm going to remember to bring this up at any other point, that apparently this is the first time we've seen uh, uh, Malachi without his full eye makeup. It almost looks like it's healed at this point. Oh, and yeah. that was after the most recent time that we've seen somebody get misted. And... So there's an interesting, if this is like a virus thing, like I was saying, but maybe it's not, maybe it is more like a little bit like a possession. Maybe it's like somewhere like in between, you know, almost sort of in a thing. Like maybe, maybe, you know, maybe either he's fully assimilated with it at this point, or like maybe it left him and went over to Sky Blue. I don't know. There's there's angles here. All right. There's options and you can keep people interested with that. So let's jump into my favorites and we're traveling back again. We're going to AEW Rampage. And I'm going to take Mystico defeating Rocky Romero in a two out of three falls match. This was a pound for pound, kind of who's the best in Mexico match. And uh, Romero, he's the CMLL World Historic Welterweight Champion, which dates back to 1946. And Mystico is the World Historic Middleweight Champion, which dates back to 1933, which was the year CMLL was founded. Uh, no titles were on the line. But um, I... I Excalibur did a phenomenal job kind of setting that up. I just wanted, I wanted to note that I thought this was man in a mask. This was so much fun, man. I, this was just awesome. This truly felt like it, it, it felt like a different company was while we were watching AW in a different company. You had the different ref who counted different. Uh, the wrestlers reacted differently to certain things being set up. And, you know, Mystico who, didn't have his favorite run that he's ever had in America, you know, 10 years ago. I just got to say, I know you're saying that, like, the people that are hounding on him for that on Twitter and stuff yeah, like no. that and have not done the fucking research to go and look at what he's been doing. And if you don't, if you consider it to be weird to go and do research on, like, some CMLL promotion that you've never heard of, probably, honestly, being a Fed fan, like, I, I'm sorry. If, if that's the thing that's going to keep you from appreciating what a person can do now... Like, I don't understand. Do they think that you have to, as soon as you get the call, be, like, perfectly ready? Do people really think Cody Rhodes, when he got the call up to WWE, was ready? Do they really think that? Because I think Cody would admit that he probably wasn't, you know, like, so. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and even then, he just, it, he he was a legend going into that, and it just didn't work for him. It, it didn't work. They kept the Sin Cara gimmick going, and they passed it along to someone else, and the rest is history. But it's kind of, it was build, building up to this match. We had kind of heard, like, he wanted to avenge that a little bit. He's going into America with his name on national TV with his real name. And I thought he fucking delivered. Seriously. I, I felt the emotion from this match. Rocky, what a phenomenal job working as the fucking heel here. 
God, this is the kind of Rocky yeah, I have never seen see. Rocky work as a heel, I don't think. No, to be it's, honest it's, with you. how good was it? It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Like, you fuck? can tell why this guy is one of the most over champions in, in Mexico. Like, he must spend a lot more time there than I realized because he's got this reputation of being like – it's like they were they were going through the the history because he's oh by the way we haven't even mentioned that they have these championships and they're both like what is it like six eight hundred day reigns they both are on or something like that like insane reigns. something ridiculous yep. like that like in the hundreds of days for both of these title reigns that they got right and that so and they've got all these history that is tied back and there's like this cross history they already had history which I didn't even know you know what I mean like and. Like, dude, it, this was one of those things that, like, again, I don't think people are going to appreciate what the fuck we got to see on a random episode of Rampage in the middle, well, not the middle, toward the end of 2023 because of the match quality that Tony Khan just puts together on the fly because he wants to make the wrestling world unite, you know? Like, that's... I I, I really hope, Mystico, is someone that we see brought back more. And if... I gotta tell you right now, I know people love, you know, Chaos and Best Friends Rocky Romero. I want this Rocky Romero. This was fucking fin- this this was the guy I love and um it, other than that Rocky when he when he does commentary as a babyface it's phenomenal. You know, we've we've seen that nutrient. That's fine. He can do that. But this this was really good and I thought um this was probably my most anticipated Rampage match in a long time and I thought it really really delivered. So kudos to everyone involved, and uh, I'm glad we got to pull this off and kick off a new, you know, a new partnership with AEW, and yet again, another company. So, all wrestling lore is lore in AEW. So, that being said, before we get through, because we're going to jump into some, uh, we got some Ring of Honor, some Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, and Battle of the Belts, we're going to get through those full results, but first, we got a little bit of news, right? Um, Another week. Another AEW departure kind of goes along with some of the guys that we've been saying recently, but Brock Anderson, you know, Arn's son, he's no longer in AEW. He has confirmed it himself. I think, you know, Brock's one of those guys where he got his reps on dark and he even got a little bit in ring of honor and it just felt like nothing was really clicking for him to get to that next level. And it's one of those things where he said, you know what? I'm going to keep going on to the next chapter. And I think the best thing Brock can do now is go get more reps in other companies. And, you know, if if I'm assuming if he wants to be a wrestler, which I think he's got all the potential to do it, uh, I think we're going to see him succeed elsewhere on the independent scene and then maybe see him rise up somewhere else. You know, what if what if he pops up in Noah? You know, it's one of those things. You never know where some people's next chapter can bring, but. You know, overall, I think uh, I think you and I have both liked Brock in AEW. He's kind of been one of those fun projects that we had. But as we said with last week and Zach Clayton and uh, I already forgot the other person. Fuck. Um, sometimes it's just without having dark here. It, we're going to see more and more people uh, go to the wayside. But uh, yeah, any thoughts on? on yeah, I think Brock a lot of people here? don't realize that Tony Khan, like, uh, like as much as he, yeah, to some a bit of a bloated roster about the middle of the year. It's always when it seems to be this that it's worse. You know what I mean? Where everyone's like, oh, there's so many people that don't get used. People kind of, I think, pulled back on that because they realize some of these people that are on the fringes. You know, it started with Big Swole back when we first started. He has been cutting people that he does not believe in for a long time. You know, yeah. Um, and it just happens, and you don't realize it, and that's when you get people like 
that's why we don't see every we used to see it like every couple of pay-per-views and maybe it's because there were certain talents he wanted to grab while they were available and i respect the shit out of him for that because that's the right move you got people like swerve strickland and you got juice robinson you got other people out there that he probably needed to try and snag right you know what i mean like um but there's also like you know people like brock who i really did like i think there i saw at least two or three matches that i can remember and he hits a hell of a spine buster i do think it's somewhere like the performance center might actually be good for him because yeah, right um, help him really find like, and craft something because he's the, got the kind of unique you know he's got like i mean hell maybe him and brian pillman jr find each other back there again and they end up as a tag team like i suggested a while back you never know there was always that possibility i forget what i even i had a good name for them and stuff too i don't even remember what it was it was so long ago but you know like and, I think like, it was something you know, along the lines of like a lethal weapon. It it it, it was something. Oh yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, like the uh, something. Yeah. I, anyway, you, you know, those who've been around for a while will know what I'm talking about. But either way, like I because I always thought like because you know they both obviously are the sons of really famous wrestlers. You know what I mean? Um, and it doesn't mean you have to stick them together. But you know what you could do if you're down there and, and you don't really know what to do with Brian right now. You need some for him to go up against in his first storyline. There's a lot you could do with that. You know. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I, I, it's tough because, you know, I liked him, but if Tony doesn't see it, he doesn't see it, you know? Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe they can continue a trend of these, you know, second-generation stars, you know, showing up elsewhere you know, and crafting more of a career into this business, and I wish nothing but the best for Brock. I would like to see New Japan take a shot on one of these guys. They just don't seem to be interested in the Gaijin as much anymore. I'm not sure if that's like an internal choice I or think, what. I think but... just n- very few of the guys that they tried with Strong, I think, worked for them. So with the LA Dojos, maybe they're just, maybe they got cold feet. I mean, look, everyone is there except for Kyle. Kyle is the only one that went back to America that wasn't their original class. But, I mean, how great would it be to see Brock Anderson go to the dojo? I mean, look, Bolton Oleg went there, and it's only a matter of time. He's that next generation of class. I mean, the current generation just got, you know, just finished excursion literally two weeks ago. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, we imagine that guy's like the third guy in your in your trio with Drilla and, and, and Clark. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's... You know, give him a couple of years in the dojo to train and then have him be brought in in a similar way how Drilla was and then sort of maybe he takes over. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be like – because uh, maybe not even New Japan. Noah has yeah. been killing it. And Noah needs, know, Noah's um, looking for more talent because uh, as, as we kind of talked about last week, they got some people going to WWE too, so Nakajima. So, yeah. So they're going to need bodies. I mean, you know, so it's like, it's like, I don't know, you know, like somebody like Anthony Green did exactly what we're talking about here and is probably never coming back to America now. It doesn't seem like, you know, like, yeah, um, maybe one day, but not anytime soon because that guy's killing it right now. He's been a multi-time champion across different promotions over there, you know, like, and, and, and that's incredible. And sometimes you just got to be willing to bet on yourself. And I think Brock Anderson is going to do that here. Yeah, I, that'd be really cool to see. But speaking of some generational stars, uh, we got a fourth generational star, uh, Brogan Finley. He is going to be headed to the WWE Performance Center in January. He is not the only one. Uh, Brogan Finley, as someone you and I, we, we, we were like, okay, he's related to David. He's younger. Let's see what happens. He's already going to WWE. I mean, whoa, that's fucking huge. And someone that you and I, we liked, Taz put him over on commentary. Jay Malachi, he is also on his way to the Performance Center. Good for him. And then someone I wasn't familiar with, Lucky Ali, is the third that is on their way to the Performance Center. But um, 
it, it's very well possible he could have been on a dark. I, I just it didn't ring a bell to me. And um, but he's going to be on his way as well. So these are three guys that just did a tryout, and you know, good for them for uh, going to that next that next stop. I mean, it looks like uh, Lucky Ali was once the deadlock for a wrestling champion. So it that's really cool for him. DPW is doing really good things in the indies right now, and um, Jay Malachi. I think uh, I think we're going to see him succeed. I I feel pretty confident that Jay has the wrestling ability. Jay has the charisma and I think it's only a matter of time. So I, I am very excited for him and uh I this generational stars Brock should fit right in, right? <laughs> I was say apply everything that I just ranted about for like that's why because I knew we were gonna talk about this as well. Apply all of that to these people as well because I think all of them had and I obviously don't we have, I don't know how much we saw of Brogan, but like you know like um but everybody that is being brought in in this way. If there's interest from the performance center, if they're making these tryouts and getting noise made around their names, they all have the potential. And it's just, what do they do with it? How many, you know, and I'm curious because we've had a lot of these people that were potential AW, you know, people that maybe could be that sky blue, that Nick Wayne who hung around for a bit before they got the actual yeah. call, you know? Um, maybe some people don't want to make that wait. And what I wonder there's going to eventually be one of them that makes their way back after attempting to go somewhere else. And I'm curious when that happens, what the reaction of the wrestling community will be, you know, it'll definitely be, uh, be pretty cool to see. So, um, it looks like lucky was on uh ring of honor. Uh, so he's just, again, more, all of them then. So at one point or another did wrestle at least a match for Tony. So it's cool to see that they, uh, you know, they're going to that next level. This next generation of wrestlers, it's, it's just, it's getting started. So, um, well, speaking of Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle 2023 is to be exclusive on Honor Club streaming special for just the cost of your Honor Club subscription. So not the bait and switch that we had last time where, you know, it has to be Honor Club, but it's still 50 bucks. It sounds like it's just the, uh, the cost of your subscription. So that's cool. That'll be a nice way to uh, not have to shell out some dough for the pay-per-view. Free agent Sammy Callahan was backstage at AEW Collision. Sammy Callahan is a good buddy of Moxley's. And, you know, he's been doing his thing with Impact for many years after he left NXT, before NXT, and he does his thing there. So, uh, it, Sammy Callahan, I, maybe he pops up in AEW at some point. Who knows? But, uh... It's interesting. We don't get rumors like this very often. Like, I wonder who leaked this. Somebody who wants them there, obviously. But I'm curious who was that leaked this because we don't get this kind of leak ever in AEW. When people are backstage, normally they're going to debut or something like that. They don't bring people in. Like, it's strange that he was there. I'm curious what the reasoning was and it, what the reasoning was why it didn't end up resulting in anything and why it ends up leaking as a as a rumor instead of something. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's an odd thing. It doesn't really happen in AEW. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm interested because he's, he's one of those guys I've been hearing you guys talk about for years. Never really looked into, and I'm happy for them to become one of my favorite wrestlers if I watch He's got a tag team does, for, so. from 2008 to 2011 with Moxley called the Switchblades. So, they seem to... Be... All right, well, I need that. <laughs> I need the Switchblades versus um, AR Fox and yeah. uh, Swerve. <laughs> Give me what a, I want. Stat. Um, we kind of mentioned Gunther earlier, but Gunther has of today, 
has reached 500 days as the WWE Intercontinental Champion. I mean, holy shit. Um, in an era when we... So, is Gunther going to be have to be the one that beats Roman? I mean, is that really just what we're doing at this point? Like, could be. Uh, I I really think with with H in charge there, he knows that Gunther is uh, Gunther is is an anomaly in in the company, and I think Gunther's an anomaly in all of pro wrestling. At, 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 honestly, he is someone like built out of fucking all Japan, but like. He can also, I don't even know how to describe it. He, he doesn't feel like a modern wrestler in the best way possible. And um, there's not another guy like Gunther. So really good on him. And uh, it looks like he's still feuding with uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa right now. So that's, that's pretty cool stuff. What I love about the guy too is he doesn't even think about stuff like, and part of the reason why this guy succeeds is because He's a very intelligent guy. If you listen to any interviews he does, even like the like kayfabe interviews, he's so fucking intelligent in them. And um, you can tell though that he's not—he's not the kind of person that like if if something is not working, he's gonna like hammer into it. He's just—he's. I don't think I've ever seen a thing from the guy that I didn't like. I mean, could you ever? Could you think of a single thing like that wasn't like the Vince era type shit? That's like not. I think that's yeah, like no. that's just bad. You know what I mean? Like, which I don't even remember. He is, like, other he is than that, one like, of a kind. Um, Will Ospreay, he has talked about how he is open to the idea of relocating to the United States. I think that tune has changed for him over the past couple of years. It's not, He really loved what he just did in Impact. He's been loving what he does in AEW. And, you know, I, Ospreay might be open to signing with WWE. Um, yeah, it... Uh, we just have to keep an eye out and see uh, what Osprey, what happens with Osprey because if Osprey moves to America, that's going to be fucking huge for whoever gets their hands on him. Um, oh, one hundred percent. Speaking of impact, uh, Sunny Kiss they debuted at Bound for Glory, and uh, former AEW wrestler. So we're starting to see some of our wrestlers that have been released recently popping up. I got to tip it to myself because I definitely said Impact when we a couple of weeks ago when Sunny Kiss I, got dropped. I believe so. So uh, yeah, it sounds like they're um, going after Trinity for the Impact Knockouts Championship. So cool for Sunny and um, yeah, a twenty battle. Uh, it was like a twenty battle royale something Royal Rumble thing. I don't know. Um. It's fascinating because they are one of those wrestlers that I've always been like, yeah, this feels like this should work. And why it just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't connect, maybe, for some reason. Um, maybe just because they never put enough effort in. But do you remember that uh, dark feud that uh, they had with um, yep. uh, Joey Janela? That was actually really good. And then, like, well, like a ladder match or a street fight or something like that? Oh, yeah. Probably one of the best things that we had on Dark that year. And just, like, randomly in there and you know and 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 that just to me is proof that sunny kiss has what it takes to succeed and you know what uh especially with the next thing that we're going to talk about in notes or maybe not the next but one of the next few things that we're going to talk about in notes um i think there's a lot of opportunity for people over in yeah the last so, thing we're talking about um impact is going to be rebranding in 2024 back to tna wrestling um bro i was gonna seriously make the joke oh tits and asses back and then i saw a gif of fucking Trinity versus Mickey James, <laughs> and it, it, it 
Confirm. Fucking confirm. Um, yeah, total nonstop action wrestling will return with January's hard to kill pay per view, and um, you know, I it, as as I I heard it described this week, as time goes on, kind of nostalgia becomes very powerful, and uh, you know, I might reference that a little later for something else, but you know, the name TNA it's remembered more fondly now than what it was when they changed it. And I think this is a, it's a fine move. I don't, I don't know if this is going to move any tickets, any this, any that, but I can tell you right now, I'm sure there are some people very, very happy that this is going from impact wrestling to TNA. So I bet AJ Styles is happy. I'm sure AJ, that's cool for AJ. Um, I'm sure. Do you think he ever makes a, a single match in AEW at yes. the end? Yes, maybe he'll he'll do his one offs, oh, especially so over the summer. You know, day. when uh oh, when there's no football, when it's that, you know when he doesn't need to be there at home, he oh, can just yeah. do a quick uh quick flight to fucking mm-hmm. uh, Seattle for Forbidden Door. You know, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I love I seeing hope he does though. Do that, and he's just like, uh, oh my god, can you imagine how incredible that was if he was just an exhibition wrestler that came out a couple of pay per views a year for AEW for just a couple of years, kind of like how Sting does? Yeah. Like that would be incredible. Oh, please do that, Tony Khan. Please just throw the bag at fucking AJ. My favorite like thing from uh, all the TNA anyway. like promotional footage, they are spamming mm-hmm. Mike Bailey over everything. They fucking know. Oh, they better. They have to know after his so, performance. So, so good. And apparently like. his match with Will Ospreay is just phenomenal. So if you guys are keeping track, yeah. Will Ospreay, within the past like two weeks, he went and had a fucking classic with Zack Sabre Jr. in England. And now he's come to America and had a classic with Mike Bailey in America. So, uh, Will Ospreay's just that dude. <laughs> I need to watch. I haven't watched either, so yeah. I, I I need to watch both of these. He's gonna sneak into our AEW awards without being signed to the company. Yeah, somehow, he's a fucking know? guy. Um, that being said, let's jump into Ring of Honor. So, um, you ha- you have Ring of Honor Ring of as always, and we are coming to you live this week from Toledo, Ohio. This was Ring of Honor. On Honor Club, episode nice thirty four. Um, yeah, I can't believe we've thirty four episodes of Ring of Honor. It's unbelievable. Um, speaking of unbelievable, we had uh, a pretty fucking solid match Definitely. to open up Ring of Honor. Honestly, um, uh, and Helico, who is again, if if he was on AEW television more, he would probably win Underrated Wrestler of the Year every year. Like. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, like, because he's just that good. Um, and he took on Gravity this week, who is, oh God, God, that if, I wish again, I wish he'd gotten more matches on TV this year because I would, he might be the, he, he could be, he could win your breakout award if you wanted to give it to him this year. But like, you also have Bandito and other various people to consider and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Not that I mean Bandito was signed last year technically, right? I guess, but like, whatever. You know, like Bandito. these are points that I'm making. I'm just, I'm, I'm extrapolating here. Bandito, oh, what a dude. Anyway, um, but. You know, like, they, they were just smooth as hell, man. They did some really great, dude. Oh, the timing on the dropkick that was the anti-air, dude. That's just, like, I remember saying something about uh, Gravity a while back, Charlie, that I talked about, like, the sort of, um, uh, I, I, I always call it agave, which is what they put in uh, tequila. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's jave, I believe, is how you pronounce the salva, the, the actual style or it's something like that. Anyway, the Mexican submission wrestling style that they use over there. Um, which is uh what Angelico does. And I actually think Gravity tips a little bit of that into his own arsenal. 
not necessarily from him, but in general. And apparently, also, I didn't know this. There's a there's a South African wrestling scene. <laughs> I I had no idea. Um, but that's pretty cool. So that tip that style and Helico again built different. Uh, also, he is he brings the vibes and uh, gravity. You know, just he's just so good. And I think in this match looked like a top talent. I do still think, and I'm gonna keep banging the drum. Give him the fucking Danielson match, and Helico has fucking earned it. Yeah, it I think him. that would actually be really fun. I, that would be a blast of a match, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it would put Angelico on the map. Like, you know, like, he would become instantly a lot of people's, like, favorite, like, random, like, in like you know what I mean? Like, like that they don't know that much about, but they want to see more. Like, we would have no choice but to hit Angelico on TV every week. Kind of like how Brian has done that with several other people um, recently. Um, you know. Um, okay, so now we have to talk about this segment because this, this came right up. Right after, um, and we had the righteous backstage, and they were kind of like backtracking the storyline a little bit, and like saying like, "Oh, everyone's like, we just got buried," because they kind of did. Um, and like they're like, "Nah," but what you don't understand is that like we've caused a, a rift between Adam Cole and MJF, <laughs> and like I was sitting here watching this thinking, "Yeah, like, right." Have they? Yeah, sure. Are they seem like the only thing that's the, the thing that's causing a rift between them now is is Roderick Strong, isn't it? Like <laughs> hey, they're taking the credit. Fuck it. I mean, hey, they're heels. They're gonna do it. But I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, does that mean that they're not done with them yet? Like, I'm confused. Anyway, um, speaking of confused, I thought Peter Avalon's contract ran out a while ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently not. I'm just kidding. Um. No, nah, I think he's been on like uh, probably one of those non. You know how like people will like work like in, like individual dates like that they're, when they're not signed. I think it's probably been something like that with him. Didn't we hear something similar about Nemeth a while back too? Something like that. Like, believe. no, he got re-signed, right? That ended up happening. But like, there's you know what? Here's the thing I'll say about contracts. Don't ever listen to anything we say unless it's like from an official source, right? Because there's a lot of things that get said and then tracked back later, and you never like it's hard to tell in wrestling sometimes. <laughs> Um, but was Peter, excuse me, pretty Peter Avalon with, uh, with, uh, Ryan Nemeth taking on Captain Sean Dean, who had Trish, uh, Adora at the ringside with him and, uh, Captain Cap. But, uh, you know, dude, I forgot how good his frog splash is. Cause that's pretty much, that was the whole match. That was, that was <laughs> a good frog splash. Um, uh, he's a good one, right? It's called the last salute. Like, do you think, we, do you think we could ever get like an actual singles run for Sean Dean Definitely. on Ring of Honor? Maybe yeah, go I after think like they, the uh, television title or something. some of these other yeah, talents more. Yeah, I think there's a shot. I really hope that my prediction about those people, those people, Jesus Christ, listen to me, <laughs> the infantry, the people that I thought could make a good unit back in the day when we were first started talking about Dark and stuff like that. Um, actually, I didn't even think about Trish at the time because I don't think she was being used as much. But um, but certainly Carly Bravo and uh, Sean Dean. And I remember saying to you when they first were looking for people for Ring of Honor, I was like, these could be one of your top tag teams on ring of honor two years from now, if you just let them cook and they're like, I feel like they're like kind of letting them cook a little bit. Um, but the match didn't have much to it. So, um, but you know, I still like Sean Dean, so we'll see. Um, he could be a great opponent for a pay-per-view match for, I'm saying, if you built it up a, a few with him and Samoa Joe, again, that's the kind of thing that could put somebody on the I'd map. Man. Samoa Joe's pretty good. Um, Mercedes Martinez took on Marty Bell. Um, and she, you know, I would say the other thing I always say, like, yeah, they didn't have much here, but she probably could fit the division. So put her on the list. You know what I mean? Another probably one. like you could probably literally find like that 
that like I, I would love for somebody if somebody has the time go back through all, like all, all the Ring of Honor reviews because there's only 34 so it's not that many and every time I said like put together what my maybe I should do this and put together what did, what is the roster that I put together for Ring of Honor's women's division and see how good it is and see how see if it was like see how many people will like actually had because a lot of them are starting to become a thing so it'd be interesting to look at like what percentage of them I got right versus what's actually you know how many I you know are still out there and see and you know uh maybe it could cause like a little women's division like uh like a bidding war almost for some of these talents i don't know i kind of cool i don't think i have that kind of influence but you know we cut the backstage uh where we have athena uh trying to radicalize the youth um and she succeeds she gets she gets it seemed like in this segment that you know she finally was gonna get uh uh, Billy to, to like embrace you know the war crimes um and <laughs> you know like uh, I, I probably should stop making that joke these days but um but uh you know like here's the thing right like the, the post match beatdowns and stuff like that I was in my head thinking like man it's kind of cool but like where are they going to go with this you know like and this segment made me get a little more confused, but uh, I think they're getting there. I, I think I think it's tough to get stuff like like that's really complicated actually approved in Ring of Honor right now, just because they don't have like a super duper limit on it. Seems like on time, like they could plan like a two hour Ring of Honor taping. It seems like you know what I mean, and no one's really gonna care. Um, they can just get that time if they need it. But like I'm just maybe sometimes stuff doesn't get fully realized because maybe they're deprioritized a little bit compared to like the main shows, you know. And uh, I don't know, just a theory. A game theory. No, anyway. Um, so all ego, Ethan Page took on Tony Nice. Um, this was a this was a yawn for me, dog. Um, just a basic match. Ethan Page one win streak was snapped by heels that cheated, and like I, I, I look. I, I hold on one second. my bad all right anyway um yeah just like i didn't have like much to add here like because like it's it's tony niece and right now tony niece is a fucking charisma vortex mm-hmm. i've talked about this before he's just got nothing and y- you know you put him against ethan page and it looks like they're going like this is gonna maybe be an angle now like this might be actually ethan page's first angle is him versus tony niece or something like that and but it also may be that next week he does something completely different. And I and the fact that I have no track on what's going on with Ethan Page right now is very concerning for me because I want this run to be good for him because I don't want him to regret having chose to go to Ring of Honor to reset. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want that to be what happens, you know what I mean? Um I don't know. Uh Billy Starks took on Diamante. And so basically the takeaway from this match is um pretty important because you have billy starks uh who manages to uh win the match and then get the beat down afterward i believe is how things went correct um and so i'll like i might have pulled up one um i'm pretty sure that's what happened sometimes i I fail to write this stuff down um wait what the hell did i miss something in my notes here which one was it I might have missed something in my notes. If I did, I will go back and get it after uh, I've uh, gone through what I'm currently talking about. Yes, I did. Okay, I did miss one match, and it was because it was short and disappointing. Wait, no, that should be in my notes. Oh, I put my notes out of order. Okay, that's what it is. Never mind. I'll just I'll just do them in the order I have in my notes. Um, my bad, everybody. I, I'm I'm organized. I swear. Um, but yeah, so basically the, the the takeaway here. Sorry, I'm just trying to scroll through the match to get this co- confirmation. How did I get this so out of order? What? No, no way. 
hold on. I, this is uh, this is this is this is one of those moments on the podcast that we've never had before, where I apparently invented a match that didn't exist. That no, this definitely happened. What, did they not market in the fucking wrestling observer? Not. Yeah, Page versus Nice definitely happened, and then it was right after that, right? Of uh, I guess this guy they missed it. They missed an entire fucking angle with the fucking world, one of the world champions. Well, I definitely know this did happen, <laughs> and uh, I don't remember who won. Fucking, I didn't invent this she match. This like literally good. happened. Like, I'm with you. I'm not crazy, right? Like, can we find like another source here? Because this is insane. I just no wait. You know what? You know how I can find this out? Go yeah. to cage match. You know what I mean? Billy Starks cage match. Okay, I know this no, fucking yeah, happens. Billy Starks and Diamante, right? I mean, that's that's the main image yes. of the show. Are you fucking kidding me? Is it on their fucking article? Are you kidding me? Oh my fucking dude. How did they manage to do that? Fire somebody. Holy shit. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, god damn. I should not be better at this than the person whose job this is over there. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know I have no place to say that, but that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, all right. We don't care who won anymore. Because it doesn't matter. This is this this is fucking. You know how people like to shit on people like me that say that wrestling journalism is fucking like the least fucking like like literally the least journalism that you have to do to, to be considered a journalist, right? I feel like this is fucking indicative of that. Anyway, um, all right. Now that my rant about this is over, um, the big takeaway here is I don't care who won. I'm going to imagine that it was Billy Starks because that makes sense for why they'd be pissed, right? And then Billy Starks gets beat down by the Team Badass Latinas after the fact. <clears throat> and Athena decides to save her, which is not like Athena. Athena is starting there. Not only is Billy starting to get a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more that sort of harder hitting style like Athena does. Uh, she's also starting to get to make Athena a little bit less of that hard. You know, she's she's starting to care about other people. And. I think that's character development. You don't really see that in wrestling a whole lot anymore. So I want to appreciate that, uh, even if Wrestling Observer does not. Um, so, yeah. All right. Let me get back in my... I know it's we're a little out of order, but that really fucked me up. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? <sighs> Literally, Charlie, you want to... All right, I'm going to send you a screenshot. It literally says, Lexi Nair was backstage with Athena and Billy Starks. Athena gave Starks an aggressive pep talk for her match tonight against the Amante. What match? <laughs> All right, go back to the show order. Pat Buck took on Joshua did a pure rules match. Uh, dude, Pat's still good. What the hell? Why is Pat not wrestling every couple of weeks? Come on, Pat, give us a few matches. I know you're. I know you're backstage. But come on, Pat. Yeah, Pat gets it. Still pretty good. Um, Josh was getting boned by the ref though. He was just like, nope, no, you get no, no rope breaks for you. You Run go away. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, he picked up the one with the woods lock. It was, it was basic match, but I, I still think Pat Buck could have, like, a really insane match if he wanted to. Um, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Um, we had him and uh, Cole Carter. And, uh, wait, who did they take on? I'm sure I have it in my notes somewhere. Um, oh, yeah, Myron Reed and Ren Jones. That's why I, I thought I wrote it down because uh, these are yeah, two people really that we've cool seen Yeah, it's really cool to see Myron yeah, Reed uh, brought to Ring of Honor and stuff. Uh, I am a big fan of Myron Reed. So, um, 
I think Ren Jones has been one of those like dark slash Ring of Honor watch guys for me in a, for a while too. Um, like by that I mean like the people that I was always eyeing in the in the you know in the distance or whatever. Um, either way, um, I liked what they did here. Um, and you know, uh, Griffin Cole are starting to really grow on me as a tag team, dude. I don't know about you. This is starting to work for me. I, I get think. it. Hey, um, I'm I'm all for it. Um, Myron Reed. Uh, if you guys haven't seen him before, uh, he's got just an incredible fucking cutter and uh he was when mlw re-kicked off um and a lot of those guys have gone other places now but myron reed still hasn't had his big break yet so i think he's i think he's due i think he's going to be due and i could see 2024 being the year for him um yeah it could be um and I thought they had um I thought the the big takeaway I took from Cole and Griff here that I thought I don't know what your opinion was, but their their in ring like tag team wrestling chemistry here felt like on lock. Like they finally have figured out their each other's timing and stuff it, like that. I got you know, it got, like, I got vibes almost um, that they actually want to be together. And that's important. You can tell. You can absolutely tell. Like Swerve in Our Glory is a perfect example. Like I, I don't know if either of those guys when they were first brought in thought they were gonna be a tag team like that. Maybe they did, right? But maybe it didn't think it was going to work like it did. But then it just it worked beautifully. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, um, we had Dalton Castle, who uh, must have been now it seems like for like four months has been locked in the same area backstage in Ring of Honor. Somebody um, free this so man. Someone needs to get him the key. But literally, um, and like he he keeps saying stuff in promos that I agree with. Like that when he's on TV, it's great. Like so, why weren't you on TV this week? You know, like. I mean, I guess he was technically, but you know what I mean. Like, um, I, yeah, I agree with him. Put him on TV, but I don't know what they're gonna do with him, and it doesn't seem like this is really going anywhere. Is someone gonna come interrupt him at some point? Like, I don't understand. Like, what? Who, all right, hit me, hit me with who? Right, somebody's gonna come up from behind in the middle of one of these things that he's talking and just like lay him the fuck out, and we're not gonna see who it is, and then we're gonna wait. Who is it revealed uh, to be? Shane Taylor. I would absolutely love that. Do that. That's a great few precision. Oh, dude, give that for Shane. You could even have Lee Moriarty right do the hit. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, you know what? Book it, Tony. All right. Um. So Kiara Hogan took on Allison K. I think every appearance from Allison K on Ring of Honor so far has given me more reason to want to see Allison K in Ring of Honor. Um, so, you know, if that's something that we can make like official, I'm not sure if she's like signed, signed, they kind of keep making it seem like she's basically a part of the division at this point. But like they say that about a lot of people that were former people and like, we just don't know. And I think that's just, you know, Riccoboni and Caprice trying to be as fair as possible because they don't know if people are going to be, and it's great if they retroactively say that and they can just pretend like it was always the plan, you know? Um, so it's just, it just sucks when some of these people are going to inevitably not end up as people. Cause you know, there are going to be people that look at ring of honor right now, because there's a lot of talent being brought in to try and make ring of honor work. So, you know, um, uh, the righteous also did also have their match at some point, by the way, I, uh, you know, and the, the autumn sunshine is a great move. And, uh, I still love my big man's boss man slam. Right. But I, I just need a direction for these guys right now, man. That's all I'm saying, you know? They felt like they had one for a while, you know? And I got to ask you a question, Charlie. And it hurts that I have to ask you this. Where the fuck is Stu Grayson? Man, it's had the weirdest AEW Ring of Honor career ever. And I I have no idea. I don't know why he wasn't involved in the other storyline either. Maybe he'll turn out to be the Joker in AEW. 
You think he's the one that laid everybody laid laid out yeah, no, uh, Jay White? At this point, who knows with him? You never know with with, with uh, Stu Grayson. I have no idea. I, I just it that that just hit me that he just got dropped. He was the entire storyline that got them into the world yeah. title scene. You know what I mean? <sighs> ah, whatever. Um, we had a uh, Lady Frostic on Zoe Lynn. Um. And uh, I, you know, Zoe Lynn didn't really get much here, but uh, that's kind of the story of Ring of Honor this week. She, uh, the Frostbite, though, that's a killer name for that moonsault. That's what they're calling it. I'm in for that. And uh, we had Commander take on Metalik. Charlie, why do they not put these matches as the main event? Why did why did we get the match that we got after know. this? That's uh, what this I'm match asking. Match kicked you, fucking ass though. Yet again. Yeah, Commander Metalik. They made the laws of physics break. That's what they did here. Crazy pace. The oh my god! They called the code red that like went like an extra rotation around. It felt like the code rainbow. Like there's a super hurricane rana. These are two of the best luchadors in the world, and it's not even close. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. You know, like we had the king of the ropes taking on the guy that literally makes the ropes into like you know. It, uh, give me a Brussels seven anyway. Um, I'm gonna keep beating that drum. Um, and then after that, we had the workhorsemen take on Andretti and Martin and Gates of Agony. And uh, Toa is still your societal menace. And uh, th- I thought the styles mixed well for these three teams, but like I just didn't understand the point of the not letting Commander and Metal League go on last. I don't, I don't. You know what it is, Charlie? At the end of the day, is that I'm assuming Ring of Honor is still taped before other shows now. Because why else would they not need to end on something that's Let a little bit less? Cook. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. Like, or is what is going on? Like are they just trying to not like burn people out? Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but. That's Ring of Con 34. Ring of Con, you know, the nights go on. But uh I again another another week where I think luchadors are carrying some AEW television on their back, in this case Ring of Honor television on their back. And, you know, uh Metalik and uh Commander and then Angelico with uh Gravity. So it's like geez. Give me what I want, huh? AW Dynamite, we open up, we got Shivani, Taz, and Excalibur. You know, Shivani is now on all of our three shows for this week, including Battle of the Belts. Switchblade Jay White takes on and defeats Penta El Sado Miedo. I thought this was a pretty fun opener. The crowd was really in, really into it. And, um, you know, we kind of talked last week. There was a really heavy pu- uh, push in tickets going into the show, and I think we felt that from a hot crowd. They were loud. They were, they were excited. And, um, wow, Jay White kicked ass. Jay White is uh he's looking ready for this world championship and bro dream match machine Jay Jay White bro. Jay White unbelievable won. what that's that's got to be like up there for best signing oh, of the year yes. for sure you know what I mean without like, a doubt unbelievable. and uh, I you think know, Jay like... just you know I think he wants everyone to believe that he can win this title and I think he even wants Tony to believe he can so we'll see what happens with that but uh, Jay White is looking very very strong going into this next phase and i i hadn't seen i don't know if these guys have had a match before and it wasn't one i really pictured in my head but i thought when they got out there it worked together pretty well you know jay can work with every different type of wrestler so i another super underrated wrestler bro it's pentagon he, i mean i know he's considered one of the best tag team wrestlers but like as a singles wrestler pentagon is genuinely one of the best in the world and that's been true since when he was in uh, lucha underground right he's, like, he's the definition of so, an explosive like, you know, wrestler like, in the sense of he gets a lot of pop on his moves and i think he's 
as he's time has gone on, you know, since Lucha Underground, if you will, he's learned to, I, I guess the term is like where to put them together. So it doesn't just feel like a spot fest. Like I'm good for, I'm always down for a good spot fest, but he's been able to tell a good story within doing those big explosive maneuvers. So post-match, we had Jay White. He kind of shut the crowd down and he said, MJF isn't here, but an elite champion is J-A-Y White. Um, MJF's taking a sweet time answering and, uh, cause he has no friends. Just give a spoiler alert that he's going to win tonight's main event battle Royal. Take MJF's stupid ring. And Austin Gunn ended up, uh, he just ended the whole segment by saying, I got two words. Guns up. Can I say that even though we still have, uh, you know, obviously got, you know, Billy, uh, Billy, um, yeah, yeah, Billy, yeah. I was say Daddy Ass, that's his, that's his real name. We had Daddy Ass still saying the suck it, obviously, but the crowd's starting to say guns up, dude. I, I like that, you know, it's- like. No, yeah. I swear to God, I heard the crowd say guns up along with them. So I just, I'm so happy for the guns, bro. What, what a random thing that we all just like kind of thought. It's like guns, bullet club gold. It just felt right. Sometimes it just feels feels right in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like this is a perfect example. Um, Renee's backstage with MJF, who said he could have ran out there and got his ass handed to him, but that's what a good dad would do when he, good guy would do. And, you know, he's a fucking scumbag. He's on commentary to he's on commentary tonight. Didn't want to waste his pop from the crowd on a good run in. <laughs> he said I didn't want to waste my pop. I couldn't believe it. Um He hopes Juice wins tonight. Next week it'll be the left hand of God versus the right hand of the devil. A uh, claim daddy ass interrupt. Caster said they can accept the challenge and all scissor with their titles after. MGF politely declined. Caster said he'll enter the battle royal tonight. Beat MGF next week and force him to put a ring on it. MGF storms off. Daddy ass calls him, what a scumbag. Caster said, yeah, but he's my scumbag. <laughs> oh, that was good shit. We need the tag team to and the And I don't know about you, but Stat. at this point I'm thinking, okay, so we're fast booking this fucking battle royal tonight. Uh, I was like, okay, so Juice and Caster final two. Got it. Um, Karushita and Emi Soccer in a women's title eliminator. And, you know, from what we got of the match, of course it was really good. Um, but yet again, it, it just felt out of nowhere. And, um, at least we have Excalibur on commentary trying to show everyone else, you know, cause we know why, but we're the very small minority that's going to know why. Oh, it's going to be the death of Emmy's American wrestling career that Dark got taken off of AEW's list. Like, uh, unless they decide to use her for Ring of Honor, which I suggested a while back, because she could be helpful there to a lot of the, I think, women that they might be able to bring. Like, imagine if some of the people that are wrestling with her over in Ichigaya, Ichigaya Japan, maybe come over to Ring of Honor now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, and and the fact that she's kind of just not really a part of AEW anymore it really disappoints me because she's still got it and she never really didn't have it like she's got she's like kind of a known quantity and yet isn't really like what is it do you think because this is a real question i've asked you this a couple different times over the course of us doing this what is it do you think about some of these joshi wrestlers that there's just this sort of weird attitude that like western wrestling fans have toward it that i just I don't understand where this mentality comes from because they seem to be just fine as wrestlers to me. I don't I see mean, anything it, really the wrestling in Japan is really puts me off better in a way at this that point. Yeah, Kenny I mean, Omega in Japan wouldn't. You know, I don't like, know. I think with Emmy specifically, it's just 
people don't see enough of her, and when they do see, she always loses. So it's probably a built-in mindset now where you're like, oh, Emmy, she's the veteran that's going to get beat. Okay, got it. Cool, moving on. Why can't we have fucking someone win one of these? Seriously. I'm 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 telling you right now. Would it be so hard for them to get somebody to translate a back and forth video package promo between the two of them talking about their history back in Japan? You could literally I mean, just, how hard would that be? You don't even have to do that. You can just cut the promo and put the fucking subtext. Like I don't I don't get it. There's Oh, okay, okay. Oh, when I say yeah. translate, that's what I mean. Like, to show what they're saying. Like, I did put up all the captions or something yeah, like that. Like, to page. get one of the, you know, uh, people. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why like Yeah, like we can't care more about certain things like this. Because that feels like that's a feud in her title. This is quite literally Master vs. Apprentice. This is Jedi vs. Padawan. This is, you know, older sister versus younger sister. Like, this is the match you care about. This is fucking mom versus daughter, however you want to put it. Like, whatever analogy you want to fucking use. And yet, it's up to Excalibur's job to fucking sell it to us. He doesn't, no one else tries. And it's like, well, he had to do that multiple times. And it's just. You know what? I We've been bragging on the women's division for a while. But there was a sign in the crowd this show during this match that said, more women, please. That's what it said. A person in the crowd brought a sign that said that. I mean, NXT's having five women's matches uh, going into their next pay-per-view. And th- how fucking cool is that? Five. They have one title. Um, It might be four, actually. But I'm going to say five for the fucking sake of the argument. Well, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, uh, but, um, no, but seriously. Like, what, what, when will people realize that and we can correlate this with movies too the like the female demographic and the women demographic like it's much larger than you think it is it will always be much larger than you think it is oh captain marvel no one's gonna go see that billion dollars it's like how many examples do we need you look at nxt the most watched stuff is the women's stuff look at impact what do people always talk about? The knockouts division. When we're talking about Ring of Honor, what are we talking about? Athena. I, I don't know how many examples we need, but... And the last thing I'll say about this... What is one of the biggest things that happened in wrestling in the last year, Charlie? mercedes Monet debuting yeah. in New Japan. Yeah. That was huge. And... um. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Uh, these Eliminator matches, I'm getting really fucking sick of them when no one ever wins them. So, Oh, yeah, no. Because they'll... And, and you know what they'll say? It's like, oh, good thing we waited so long because then Bullshit. it meant something when someone finally... No, it doesn't. It only means something if somebody whenever, wins one. That's when it matters. Because then, then there's stakes in every other match. Or she loses. No one's going to care when she fucking wins. And that's the... That's as simple as it gets. Um... Uh, we've learned how many times have we, yeah. Uh, Renee's backstage with Adam Copeland. Uh, they're sitting down. He said, uh, things haven't been going as smoothly since he showed up in AEW. Doesn't understand why. The whole reason he wanted to end his career was teaming with Christian, who seemed to be on board. But when it got closer, Cage really didn't want to. I love that they're taking that angle. It's like, yeah, we've been actually talking about this, but, you know, when it came time to put up or shut up, he actually shut up. He didn't, he didn't show up for me. Like, what? 
Bro, Christian Cage is such a genius. That just hit me. Something just hit me because I remember I've watched every time he's been on the you know the press conferences after the show since being you know with Luchasaurus with the championship, and every time he got asked about the Patas because his edge rumor has been around for a while, right? It was even before his contract yeah. was up. It was it was out there. You know what I mean? Um, and they asked him about it, and every time I heard them ask him about it, he just said he had no interest in doing anything with Edge. That they've been baking this storyline for like even if it wasn't intentional for like how how smart is christian that's just that's so incredible like they're just letting the reality dictate the story here and that i think is brilliant like when you can do that so in they wrestling, talked about it they both wrote essays to try and win free wrestling training copeland did and cage didn't copeland won training got the job up north before cage didn't it's always been adam and jay or enc renee asked if this is jealousy it's surprising and copeland said it is but and he doesn't want to take a the tn she asked, is the jealousy surprising at this stage in their careers? And he said, it is. He doesn't want to take the TNT title or a spotlight, but knows Cage will eventually come crashing to the ground. Piquette asked what Copeland wants in AEW, and Copeland said, it's a lame answer, but he doesn't know. He just want, he just knows when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne turn on Cage, he'll be there to pick him up. I think this is a fun angle that we're that we're running with. And um, yeah, we'll have to see where it goes, right? Uh, fun little sit down. I just, I knowing AEW, this is going to be so dramatic, man. He's going to do something to Edge that he's going to, he's going to have to, like, he's going to yeah. do something unforgivable. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he's got to. I'm. By the way, I'm going to eventually get over calling and start calling him Adam Copeland. But like, it's just, oh, it's, it's stuck. That's in one of those forever, things. That's really you know, hard like, to. Um, yeah. um. But you know, Adam, what you know is going to get something that's done to him eventually. That's uh, you know, um. Like that's 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 gonna have to they're gonna have to because I don't think I mean unless this is really the angle they're gonna go with I mean AEW does like to do kind of experimental storylines sometimes but I do think they are gonna get I don't think he's gonna go after the TNT title necessarily I think that could be true and I think that actually might be kind of cool to actually have a champion in a way that makes sense not actually like the person genuinely actually has a relationship with them and doesn't care about the title you know like um maybe they could make that work I'm sure some people would still dog on it because of course they would but like. I don't know, it'd be interesting to see it try and actually make it work. And like a non-title angle that actually feels like like maybe... Yeah, like, like the top like, of the line, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Uh, but, we have Wardlow squash, Ryan <laughs> Nemeth. Uh, post-slaughter, Shivani asked, what's Wardlow's mission was being back? Held up his wrist tape and said MJF, and then he shoves down Shivani. Um, another guy gunning for the champ. Glad somebody put Shivani on his ass after taking oh, over collision like I that. Know. Oh man, do I go on a rant now or do we fucking, we're, we'll hold it, we'll hold it. Um, Renee's backstage with Kenny Omega, said his win-loss record has been uh, quite putrid lately. God, I, I love how Kenny talks, because when you read it back, you're like, fucking A, of course Kenny said that. My win-loss record has been quite putrid lately. And thanks Kyle Fletcher for challenging him and reminding him who he is. Once Omega defeats Fletcher and dispatches to the Don Callis family, it was time for Kenny Omega of old to challenge for the AEW world title. MGF walks into shot, says he's always been a massive fan, and shakes his hand. 13 days, bitch. He walks off. Omega said 13 days. We'll see about that. It's, uh, finally. I mean, finally. Are we running that match? I mean, I mean, it's about time. I feel like this has been... I, I, fucking, you could go back eight months ago on this podcast. We were saying, well, he's eventually going to run Kenny Omega, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Fuck, it started to feel like it might not happen there for a little bit. But finally, they're back to acknowledging it. All right. Roderick Strong 
Uh, Mike Bennett's there playing the bongos, singing Headstrong by Trapped, but instead it's Neck Strong. Adam Cole brings Strong some coffee, spits it out. I hate hot coffee. I apologize, said he used to love it back in Ring of Honor when Cole would make PB&Js. You get a video montage of Cole making sandwiches, Strong spitting it out, saying he hates crust. Cole said he's finally had enough. He hasn't talked to Max in weeks, and it's time to get surgery. He left. Strong and Bennett. Strong told Bennett and Matt Taven he knows what he has to do to get Cole back. He has to be nice to that scumbag MJF. Um, I mean, I know people are injured. This has gone on a little bit, uh, a little bit too long with these little uh, Adam Cole things here. I think we're ready to see the next stage of it. Um, Roddy, I, I, I don't want him to be buddy buddy with MJF. Uh, how, how are you feeling about that idea? Yeah, I think I think I, I don't need want that them to buddy be a buddy. World title feud. No. I don't think I, I don't think I need that to be. Yeah, you know, or maybe if it's not a world title feud, maybe that would be the thing that MJF does if he's going to lose it at full gear or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, so like you know, I I really don't. Yeah, th- this segment of all the ones, there's been two that I was like not really vibing with, and this is one of them. And I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, we're, we're, I think this is the last one. Here. So if it is, thank you. Um, I will look back on these fondly. But um, yeah, no, let's 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 move on because I, I, I didn't even, I don't even think I cracked a smile during this one. So that's how I know for me, it's like okay, we need to move on. Um. Shivani's back in the ring. You know, I, I like Shivani in the ring, actually. I, I like when he does his little uh, interviewer stuff. He's pretty good at it. I, he introduces Dodd. Good Don old Callis Shivani. Callis in Powers Hobbs. Callis said last week, someone did the unthinkable. Demolish Chris Jericho. Hobbs said uh, February 22nd, 1998 was supposed to be the greatest day when he was supposed to meet his hero, Chris Jericho. Hobbs' grandmother got him. Front row tickets. Jericho told him to shut up and young Hobbs to sit down. Hobbs swore that day he got, he, he got to look Jericho in the eye. He would hurt Jericho over and over, and he did that just by hitting spinebuster after spinebuster. I don't know if this is real or if fucking Hobbs just came. I up couldn't with this agree shit, more. How I fucking cool is that? Um, Cal said people have always told Hobbs to bottle up the anger, but in the Don Cal's family, he allows guys to be killing machines. Hobbs will be unleashed in AEW. Said they've won every match as a family except for when Sammy was concussed. So Cal's had to get a scab that failed at Kyle Fletcher. Um, wow. Is this the first time you felt that vision? I, I, we've seen the powerhouse Hobbs backstage vignettes. No, I see the vision. I see it this, now. Yep. I can see it. Now the we can see it. Yeah. They, they, they got something special for Hobbs. And, um, can I tell you what I don't want? I, I don't want Hobbs and Takesh as a tag team going for the titles. Is that fair? I want these guys as single stars. I feel like we've done this so many times with tag teams that I don't want it. Let's keep them in the singles division. Yes. Single. Yes. Yeah. Flash forward three months when they win the trios title with Sammy Guevara. Uh, fuck it. Um, <laughs> uh, Fletcher came out, tried to get in Cal's face. It is incredible. Come on. See it right? happening. I, I want, I want guys in groups to be single stars. Okay. That's what I want. Give me what I want. 
like like maybe like you know like like the Blackpool Combat Club or you know like even though there is a tag team in you know the Bucks like there's a majority of the people in the elite yeah, are singles like, wrestlers. You know, you know if like, we want to do tag titles, we can do it after we're established in the singles. It always works out better to me. And I mean that's not a one for one, but you know what I'm saying. Like. I also agree. I don't want to lose Kanosuke with how talented he is, and he genuinely is probably in the top five in terms of like maybe a bit like just pure ability to just if you put him against some of the top other five guys that you might think is going to just be incredible levels of like match. You know what I mean? I he, we can't we yeah. cannot lose not, him into a tag right division. I agree. Not with right now. He's too fucking good, and Hobbs um, deserves better than that. Yeah, but uh, Kenny Omega then goes on to defeat Kyle Fletcher. This is a really really fantastic match. I thought. Um, Kyle Fletcher looking like he could hang yet again, and um, uh, I, I thought Callus on commentary was pretty fun, and yeah, over all in all, I uh, I really like uh, seeing Kenny Omega back in some singles action, you know. So, hundred percent agree. Uh, Danhausen Dan vignette and pending the return Housen. but does he still end things with Housen? To be determined. Lance Archer beat the shit out of Barrett Brown. Excalibur tells us the world video premiere of Swerve Strickland's remix Big Pressure Wish Flask Garments will air on YouTube. I checked it out. Pretty badass. We have uh, our Sting addressing the fan segment. He runs down his uh, history and it pretty much ends with Sting saying Revolution 2024 is going to be the final match of his career. I think this is a smart idea to do because now Every show that Sting is on until Revolution 2024 is going to be the last show that people can most likely see Sting in the see Sting live. So I think that's a smart idea. I think that'll uh, I'm curious to see if that pays dividends. But um, we we've talked about at length how much we love Sting in AEW. So um, it's cool that we have a, a date announced, and I'm sure that's going to be a hell of a show to kick off 2024. That's our first pay-per-view of the year traditionally so we'll see and we're already getting good stuff out of this because later in this show we end up getting announced that next week tony khan's gonna have a uh, special gift for sting and uh charlie are we getting the aw hall oh, of fame debut that'd be cool. what we're about to get that'd be really cool rj city seated with tony storms uh introduces her second film gone with the storm interrupts us she tells us chin up tits out enjoy the film and we get the uh, silent film with some picture in picture and RJ City had a cameo in it. So, JR, good old JR, is backstage with Nick Wayne and his mother, Shayna, who's never mentioned by name. She's just Nick's mom. Um, she said she can't understand how Nick would do what he did to Darby Allen. He's like a brother to Nick. After the things Christian Cage said about his father and himself, this isn't the way. This isn't the way. Uh, Nick exploded, told her, shut up. JR said, watch it. Wayne said it's time to prove himself why he's here, and he has a new father figure, Christian Cage. He's a better father than her, his real dad ever was. Cage walks into the shot. He asks if his son is ready to come home. <laughs> Nick called his mother a terrible mother. She slaps the living shit out of him. Nick said she's dead to him. Cage said Nick's mom should have picked up the phone. He and Nick walked out of the door, and we hear some scuffling, and uh, before we get into that, holy shit. Um, 
I was fucking, I was, I was off the moon on this. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Christian so Cage it's is so just good. too good. He is just too good. It's unbelievable that this guy is considered the secondary guy in a group. That is like AW I, has been I, a boom for Christian Cage in a way that he probably could have never imagined. Dude, I like, was watching this. I had to watch it three fucking times. I'm not kidding you. I was like, I know our sit downs in 2023. Like that's something we'll probably we can definitely reflect on. Like the sit down interviews in 2023 have been out of this world. You could add another one to the list, man. Oh my god. Who's ever producing these things seriously has like they know what they want. They know how to get it. When Christian walked into the shot, I I actually about lost it. I'm like the Bro, actually, it's the camera phenomenal. work on this too, like the the because no. it does. It's not just like shot reverse shot. Like they actually did like a pan over to that side of the room and did like a hard zoom out because it was supposed to be like this dramatic moment. You know what oh, I mean? It was like, so good. And dude, that that's like, yeah, this is this is after peak we had a couple Darby Allen's right there, uh, staying in Darby Allen and up standing tall. So we have all that. Uh Jesus, main event. Oh, who would have known? Juice Robinson. Brute. Nick Wayne is literally the Anakin <laughs> Skywalker is. of the fucking uh, AEW universe. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, Battle Royal. Juice Robinson wins by eliminating... Oh, guess who? Max Caster. It's almost as if those are the only two guys they booked for this fucking thing. Um, this was an absolute nothing fart burger. Who gives a shit? Um, yeah. Uh, Juice and MJF next week. That'll be cool. I like seeing MJF wrestling on TV, but uh, these Battle Royals, it, this was uh, absolute shit. And, um, it was a bad main event, and um, e, Juice and uh, MJF, you excited? At least? Um, you know, I, I mean, yes, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I really depends on what they decide to do with it, because I think one of two things should probably happen. I think even if MJF doesn't lose the thing, that it should probably be retired just because, or at least put away. Because, like, I just don't think, I think they've not been using it because it doesn't really fit with, especially now that he's world champion. But even then, like, I think even, you know, if we're going to lose the world title, which he will eventually, obviously, like, I, I, maybe yeah, somebody no, I, should win it off of him. I just don't know. It's 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 a weird, it, it it's is, a weird and I think you know, I think like, you have MJF lose this. I, I, I actually, I do think. I agree, but I, I don't think know you if need Tony to have the Bullet Club you know what I mean? like, cost MJF sure. this match, and this is why. Then all of a sudden, at full gear, it gets that much more interesting because he's lost to the Bullet Club Gold before, and it wasn't because of his own fucking ability. Because we know MJF in kayfabe, his in his in ring ability right now is untouched. He's beaten legends upon legends and um, Hall of Famers, and he's beaten them all. So I. uh I think we need a dramatic switch in the storyline. And, dude, they got to figure something out with these battle royals. And, uh, yeah. Okay, on a rampage, we cover the beginning. And then we have the next match. So the beginning, you guys, are, you already know. When you open up a rampage with something that's awesome for 25 minutes, don't expect anything on the rest. John Silver defeats Kip Sabian and Brother Zay. This is the only guy I didn't want to win this match. Nothing against Johnny. Absolutely nothing against Johnny Hungy. I think he's awesome. I would much rather see Brother Zay get the shot or Kip Sabian get the shot based, based on, uh, you know, in-ring wrestlers and singles wrestlers. You name it. Just that, Those are the guys I was personally rooting for. I was pretty mad. I'm like, yeah, all right, here we fuck. 
But I was thinking about the the, the build up to like brother bro, that could have helped to sell that battle for the belts. But brother Zaver, like, that's a better match on paper. I feel like and we've seen what he did. With I'd like Kit to see before. him like, apply we, what he's learned. Like, John Silver. They had one and they had one eight minute match yeah. on the Indies that I thought was okay. You know what I mean? Like it's just I not mean, a it's okay. just not a combo I was interested Fine. in seeing, and I just wanted something different, and uh, that was not the way. But that's okay. Um, yeah, really, really weird finish too. Um, it's Hannah and Ortiz. We get a little preview for their fight next week in Philadelphia. So they're doing the thing, man. They're keeping it all rampage. Fuck yes, I think that's brilliant. I like keeping it all rampage because you know what, dude, this is another week. And I'm telling you right now, I'm excited for rampage this week because we finally get to see these guys connect and a hundred percent. And I, you know, I, they've been, this has been one of those like just things that like I wish had gotten the only, the only downside to it being on rampage is I don't think as many people are going to know about this as they should. And it's going to, if it comes back to be more important later down the line, I think people will be confused and, I just can't wait for those weeks of having to be like, guys, yeah. you got to watch. Rampage. And I, I really like full rampage storylines and this has been one. So let's see, let's see where it finishes. Um, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheel Yuta defeated the bounty hunter, Brian Keith and Exodus prime. Um, wow. Brian Keith, man. This was the week of like tags of people that are just like randomly really good thrown together for like no reason. Just to like, I guess to get them on, Get him on opportunity. I want to be really sure. cool like, to see Brian Keith back, even if it's just an enhancement role. Um, our guy Righteous Reg did his uh BWI 500, and Brian Keith came in at number one this year on the Black Wrestlers list that uh Righteous Reg puts together. If you guys are interested in that, check that out. But well deserved. Brian Keith is having a fucking incredible year, and um, I really, really hope. That if he signs to a major wrestling company at any point in 2024, you know, maybe he's one of the January guys that he picks a sign. And, you know, he's having a legendary title reign in Texas. So it's really cool that uh, we're seeing him now for the second time in AEW. This is really neat. Can't Absolutely go wrong not. with some Texas wrestlers, man. And, um, some of the best in the world. Renee interviewed Matt Menard, Danny Garcia, and uh, they immediately started arguing. Jake Hager said, I didn't give up my hat for this. And Jay told him it was time to squash it. Even though Menard hates the dance, he loves Garcia and the beef is squashed. Um, I'd like to report that it's unclear how this affects the status of Hager and his hat. Um, yeah, is the hat... Yeah, hold on a second. Is the hat going to come no back? Hat. What is going on here? Holy shit! The, the hat is the... The Young Bucks and Hangman Page acknowledge that they're Ring of Honor champions! Are you fucking kidding me? What? Um, if you guys, we're not going to replay that rant here, but you guys know how we feel about that. Because we, we, cover, we cover Ring of Honor. We care about Ring of Honor. So <laughs> it's like when you have all these champions that never acknowledge that they're on the show. But hey, they're def- you want to hear how I feel about that? I literally went about on about it for yeah, exactly. like 10 minutes last week during my Ring of Honor review, talking about why Ring of Honor uh, is where yeah, it is Yeah, if right you now, guys, like, they're defending their titles on Wednesday, uh, so I guess they 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 decide to use them. Against They anyone. decide to use them when who, it's convenient. Who? Who? So, um, who? 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 Whom? Do we actually know? I'm checking right now. Oh, the Hardys and Brothers A. 
Um, Duke, can you give me a live confirmation of how many times the Hardys and Brothers A have wrestled on Ring of Honor? Because I don't think it's much. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not like we could have the infantry uh, in. Maybe um, yeah. two or three so, times, probably off the top of my head. I don't even um, know. Probably Ruby Zoho, Sky Blue, main event. I was actually pretty excited going into this. We see more of a dark sky blue. And I think Ruby and Sky work really well together. We're starting to see more Ruby wins. Um, she, uh, Blue went for this destination unknown with a backslide that I thought was really cool. But Soraya hit Blue with a can of spray paint. And Soho rolls her up for the victory. I was a little surprised to see Soho win based on Sky Blue getting the gimmick change right now. But you know what? All in all, um, good for Ruby. She needs to start picking up some dubs. And uh, I like the women made eventing. It, uh, I just wish we had more, you know, some some more meat to this match, if you will. But um, yeah, uh, you know, let's uh, Ruby Soho. Maybe she, maybe she. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they start a fucking blood feud. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Fuck it. Send it, dude. I'm I'm down. Give me some Ruby Soho on TV every week for a while, like we've gotten in the past. And you know what? Because like when she actually gets the opportunity to step out and be something different, I mean, dude. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit. Like there's uh-huh. a little thing on Collision, and, and speaking listen, of Collision, man, man go ahead and take we'll, the keys right we'll, now. This is all you. So uh, yeah. we've already covered the opener, and Absolutely. this was episode 100%. 19, right? So, uh, yes, yes, uh, Collision number 19. So yeah, yeah, we have uh, no cold open on this episode, which I mean, I don't know. Is that made it? I know. Dead? I hope. Uh, not. I hope not. I like the cold open, but maybe. I yeah, I know. Make it make Collision unique, but. Maybe maybe they had a metric that said it wasn't good or something. I don't know. Um, but either way, um, we had uh, Tony Giovanni back, you know, sucking the air out of the show again immediately as soon as it started. Yeah. I felt like dead because he was here, you know, as the lead commentator. And it feels like Kevin Kelly is just it, not able to talk. It anymore. feels like and Kevin Kelly is really, Kelly's it's, it's really on an analyst like, role, and I think that's a fucking shame. Um. Kevin Kelly is the best commentator on that team, and it's not even. And, close, and the other know, thing like, is, I think I mean, the other best commentator is Nigel. Like, these guys are so great together, and I just, I'm heartbroken by it. And I, it feels like they gave up and, on and the icons. Quick, I kind of teed it up earlier. Bit, you know? and it like, had to do with nostalgia, and I think I understand that the nostalgia people have for Tony Schiavone, but when people were bagging on Kevin. I, it really it it actually annoyed me when I would see people just bagging on Kevin Kelly because he would mess up a name. He he's brand new to this talent, guys. Well, at least he knows the fucking talent. Fucking goddamn Shivani almost messes up a name. It feels like every goddamn jump, sentence. Like, like I I don't have a problem with with people messing up names. What I like is what the information they provide as the play by play. And dude, when Malachi fucking came out. Could you be any more of a wet fart, man? Like, seriously? That's the emotion you're giving us? Like, I, I'm just... I love Tony Schiavone, and... You know, it's it, it's bullshit, because it feels like he doesn't care about this show. And he had and the interview about, you know, you know, know what like, I mean? Like, I was like, oh, I just... I pitched to Tony, I want to do play-by-play, and I thought I'd do it for Rampage. And it's like, it, when I saw that, I'm like, fuck, that actually makes a lot of sense. Might as well have. You know? We have our own thing on Collision. But he's like, I got the keys to collision. Like, what? What? So now we're back to a three-man fucking team? And it's just like... Yeah, no. The, the, a lot of the unique vibes, the cold open, the two-man commentary team with the sort of half New Japan, half Ring of Honor vibe that you had between it. You know what I mean? Like, 
and and almost like sort of NXT 2000, you know, like you know, black and gold NXT because of Nigel being a commentator in that period, you know, like it, and all that is kind of gone. Like, how did we manage to in a couple of weeks strip I, all that away I from tell the you, show? Do we fucking insane. need him on all like, four shows? Seriously? Yeah, can we? Yeah, I mean, if we're, you know what? Actually, I think that would help Shivani's case. I think he could actually be the lead commentator of this show, and maybe he could pull him back from some of the other shows, and then he can just be the voice of Collision. If that's the case, you know what? He's maybe got the I, reputation I, to be that. Yeah. Let's be real. And if that's all he's doing, I might be able to get along with that a little bit better than him being. And I agree with you. I think it's just so much of him. And when he's on the other show, and like, I'll be honest, I was thinking about this, so I won't spend like a ton more time on this because I obviously we want to get through. Actually, we have only an hour and a half into the show. I could actually, I could wax philosophical on Collision if I wanted to. I didn't even realize, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But like, I won't though, obviously. We still got to get through Battle of the Belts and stuff like that. So, but I mean, like, you know, I, I was thinking about this on, on what is Shivani's role on Dynamite? He's kind of the third guy, right? He's not the main guy. The, the main two guys that talk for the majority of an episode of Dynamite are usually Taz and Excalibur in yes. most episodes of Dynamite. And, but when he does chime in, I don't really, is that always what, okay. When he does chime in, Charlie, on a random episode of Dynamite, how much does Tony Schiavone make you like really want to see what's going to happen next? Like what, no, how much does and- he get you further into the match? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's Taz like, that sell the show, you know, like he is my least favorite commentator in AEW and in Ring of Honor. I will take Caprice and Ian over him every day. And it's like now, but you know what? He is. He's also couldn't my agree more. In I, I, I you just said it best. And I think that's where this in inherent coherent problem we have is like he has the voice that everyone is has nostalgia for. And look, if you love Tony, uh. Tony Schiavone as this commentator, like I, I, that's awesome for you. I'm just saying, like, I wish I did. And I just, I get so upset at these people that were so fucking mean to Kevin Kelly. And it's like, they're sitting here glazing up Schiavone. It's like, dude, fucking seriously. You have Nigel, dude. Like, yeah, bro, you got no, like, you got I no feel like even Nigel's like, getting you know shut I mean? down like, more. And it's just like, man. Oh man, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. I had to get a little rant in there about this because it's just like you. You are. I mean, you and I are definitely the minority with this. And um, yeah, that being said, if you guys love it, awesome for you. Best way to put it, right? I mean, yeah, literally. Um, I wish I did. I'll say that. I mean, look, I can appreciate that. Like I said, what it is that. that that Tony Schiavone does, but I just I don't think in 2023 he's what wrestling fans want to hear in that way. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, all right, sorry, I'm just trying to catch up um, to my to my notes here. Okay, I've got I've got the Matrix. It's aligned here. So we had Darby Allen uh, after the ma- opening match go uh, backstage. I believe it was like a was it like yeah, a, it was video a video package? Or was he just backstage? Ah, let's just say it with a video. With a video package, is what I thought. And he's just cutting a promo on Nick Wayne, talking about like how he you know how he was supposed to join you know destroy the sith not join them and you know all that so like um and it's fascinating that they kind of played into this idea like because there was like was there backlash against nick wayne i I don't even know if that was like a thing like um so there were some people jealous but like like was there people that didn't think he deserved a contract or something i'm sure there were some people that were jealous you actually 
<laughs> oh, I'm sure. But I mean, if another wrestler being jealous is one thing, but like, I wonder if there were actually people online that like actually were like, who's this? Like, what is going on here? Anyway, um, but uh you know federation sympathizers but um but uh yeah i mean like so so he's like yeah so he's like he's basically saying he's got like a fractured shoulder but he's gonna be on dynamite wednesday to give sting the special gift and basically called out nick wayne and said you want to finish what we started last week i'll be there come come catch you know he basically said catch me in these streets you know what i mean like um uh, i respect him i respect him for saying that would you want to catch darby Allen in the streets i wouldn't He's gonna hit you with that skateboard and leave you on the on the goddamn. You remember those skaters that would do that to people, dude, bro? Even you bleed on the pavement, you're dead. Right, anyway, um, <laughs> Sky Blue took on Hollywood Haley, which uh, Taz could not handle that name. Um, uh, yeah, so basically, it was just like more confirmation about Sky Blue going slightly further to the dark side. Do we think Sky Blue is gonna join the House of Black? I hope not, but I like the idea that, that you kind of teased like, up that the virus is transferred to her. And essentially, she can transfer to someone else, and you know, maybe she just does her own thing. Let's bring back Abaddon, bro. Let her fucking team up with Abaddon. Send it, bro. Abaddon gets uh, she, yeah, she uh, she teams up with Abaddon, but then like maybe no, not even teams up. Let's have her have her fight Abaddon, and then transfer it to Abaddon, and Abaddon then takes the like dark spirit in and it makes her into like super Abaddon. That'd be sick. Like maybe she's the only one that can handle the spirit. I don't know. That'd be some shit. Oh my um, god, but, you know, if Sky someone Blue, can control really the talent. spirit, hold the fucking phone, that would be awesome. Alright, go on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. I had to, right? I had to lazy up for a second. Yeah, that would be awesome. That sometimes I come up with a good thing, and that was like, yeah, I was just thinking about that. That was like, oh, oh that was off the dome. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, like, that would be, that would be some, I just, I love, I love wrestling, because stuff like that, because that's something that you could do. Fucking Vince McMahon fought God once, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you can do whatever you want, like, you know, like, um like <laughs> that's a real thing you know what i mean like all right we had austin and colton gunn who were accompanied by jay white uh i actually i think uh, it wasn't just jay white i think it was jay white juice and the uh and car blade uh, with the card title was also there right um oh yeah he had the card blade title too i wonder, <laughs> I wonder what uh, did I he steal so. that from mjf's so. <laughs> uh cut out jesus you know like um but <laughs> Yeah, they just they took on the outrunners, you know. Who? Why do they still have a job in AEW? I don't understand. They hit the three ten to Yuma. Um, and we got the another appearance from the man in the devil mask. Uh, who? Ugh. I'm about to guess it's it's Dolph Orange Ziggler. Cassidy. Anyway, um, if it's Dolph Ziggler, I'm cool. With we don't that. see him till like um, January. Bro, what if it's Dolph? What if it's Dolph, Peter Avalon? Because like, it was three people, right? What if it's Dolph, Peter Avalon, and Ryan Same. Nemeth? If it's Dolph and Rent Nemeth, and like maybe if they brought in another duo, yeah, okay. Because there was three people that were part of the beatdown, so you could always, you know, obviously they're focused. Can I tell you who I think is actually but... under the mask? I think it's a, I think it's a stand-in, right? But I think, I think Cole oh, Carter yeah, I don't is think it's filming these yet. segments. Like, it may people. have genuinely been. I'm sticking to it. The man under the mask is Cole Carter. Oh, I yep. see what you mean when they don't have it picked yet, and it's just somebody else. He feels there. like yeah, that guy, that. doesn't he? That. Um, <laughs> like, I don't really know how to depends. explain it. Well, yeah, because, like, they, they, they probably don't. It, 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 especially because, like, you know, they probably didn't even know that MJF was going to be the original Man in the Mask, right? When they first started negotiations. So they probably, when they when they first, you know, 
even they didn't even necessarily need to send him out to do that. I'm sure he did because you know that's what MJF does. But you know, I I could also have seen somebody else being sent out there just because you know it's it, it helps to add to the illusion because if it looks like somebody else, then you genuinely don't know who it is, and that that's that's just good uh, good booking at that point. Um. So we have um, Orange Cassidy backstage, and this is where we kind of get the, the idea that you were talking about before, where it feels like now we're just kind of jumping straight back into where we left off. And I'm, I'm only okay with this if, we, if, it, if the power corrupts Orange Cassidy, nope. but it doesn't seem like that's where they're going with this. It seems like he's just going to keep just defending it till the wheels fall off. But they fell off. Yeah. Like, you can't do that once they fell off. Yeah. That's not how that storyline works, Tony Khan. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I love this story. But it's that's, very lazy. You can't it's do lazy, that. lazy like, writing. And, uh... It was really a uh, comedy to watch Chris Statlander to co- continue to get her pump yeah, she, off of, uh... Hey. Oh, yeah, on, she pause. bleeds charisma. Off Just of, uh, a Lexi really, Nair. really <laughs> good example of it right here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Chris Statlander. I mean, these are two... I mean, look, if you're going to have these two defending on your shows weekly again, that's fine. But you got to do something with them at some point. Like, you know, like, these are, like, interchangeable storylines to an extent. You know what I mean? Like, we got to figure something out here to make them unique. And this... Because this Orange Cassidy storyline defined, like, a year of AEW television, basically. You know what I mean? Like, in a lot of ways, you know, like, so. <sighs> anyway, we had Eddie Kingston take on Jeff Jarrett in a Memphis street fight with Dave Brown on commentary, which they announced this a while ago, right? That Dave Brown was going to be on I commentary I didn't catch it, point. but I thought Kevin Kelly did a good um, job uh, kind of bringing him in how he did. Yeah, this was a weird commentary group this week, I'll be honest with you. Although I think Dave Brown, for, for a, a broadcaster who I've never heard anything from, managing, who probably doesn't really super know the product and like maybe as well as somebody else, like probably like JR level, you know what I mean, of, of knowing the product, like where he knows what he knows, but he doesn't know everything. Um, I thought he did a really good job of, of slotting in as a commentator, so I can't, you know, I can't, he didn't over, he wasn't overbearing or anything like that. Agreed. I don't have anything Agreed. bad to say about him, you know what I mean? Um and um, I I I do think this match was good. Would you agree Absolutely. with me on that? I think I think the the Memphis brawl here was fucking a blast. And I love that AEW has acknowledged the things that Eddie Kingston loves. They've acknowledged the all Japan style and the vibes and the Japanese influence on Eddie's career. And now they're and fucking acknowledging yep. Memphis bloodiest brawl. Shout out to Eli like, Manning going on. That was AEW, they got a pop out of me. The away jersey. Oh, dude, I know. Watching Eli every, Manning away, away jersey, jersey like, dude, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, my God, dude. Eddie in the Eli Manning away jersey is a fucking vibe, bro. Let's be real. Like, that's like that's like a whole-ass vibe. Like, everybody oh, knows yeah. a guy like Eddie Kingston. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, yeah. Anyway, we know a guy like Eddie <laughs> Kingston. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, Yeah, the lethal injection off the stage of the table is a good spot. Eddie smashing his own head with a trash can is just a fucking metal, you know, literally, you know, um, and... The, the, the table not breaking so they just hit the, the elbow drop you know a lot of people would have done like a goddamn like um really dangerous spot to try and get that table to re-break to make up for it not nah, not jeff jarrett jeff jarrett's an old school type he literally just hits you with an elbow until you pretend it makes it break he's gonna make sure it does you know and i'm sure that elbow went through eddie's <laughs> chest you know what i mean like <laughs> Um, I like him kicking out of the stroke too. Um, but they basically put a gang beating on the man, and he lost here. I mean, you got a double champion losing on TV. Like, what thoughts? Give me, you give know, me your thoughts right now. Because, of, and this isn't just because of what I said about Sheeta and 
Is Jeff Jarrett getting no, a New Japan Strong title? I, I don't think we need to be afraid of having champions lose. I just find it – because what I just said about Sakura and Shida, I think it stands true with Eddie. I just find it a little ironic. We, we, we do it with the Ring of Honor guy, but whatever. But um, And just, he didn't lose to Lethal. Look, I get why you did it, and I I was actually surprised by the result here. So I was fine with it. This is the closest to not praising Jeff Jarrett that I've come. And you know what? He's on my fucking watch list now. Jeff Jarrett, taco night. All right, I'm sorry. Definitely. Nah, Jeff Jarrett Definitely. probably serves some good-ass tacos. Let's be real. He uses That's the a carb culture, man. He knows his sure. spices. <laughs> nah, that's true, actually. <sighs> Alright, so, um, yeah, I mean, what do you have any thoughts on, like, um, like, do you want Eddie to become, like, a main star in Collision with this double title run? So I didn't mean to just, like, dead air us there no, for a second. Good, that's good. a rare moment there on the podcast, because um, I was, like, trying to figure out what the hell yeah, Max no, Caster I'm, did I mean, during this, like, next segment. I want to see Eddie on um, Ring of Honor, and uh, that's, that's where I'm at. I don't think when... We need to see him specifically on one of these, more or less. I just I want to see him on Ring of Honor. We should probably see all of yeah. our champions on Ring of Honor, not to bring that back up, but you know, like whatever. Um, speaking of Ring of Honor champions, we had Max Caster backstage getting placed in timeout for making lewd comments to the goddamn interviewers. What is Max's problem? What is going on? He does have some problems. You know what? We it's typical. It's typical. Um. We had Miro take on Action Andretti, and uh, basically, the, my takeaway from this is that uh, CJ Perry likes to mm-hmm. watch her husband beat the shit out of smaller men. Um, she that's her thing. Got gets her fucking going. You know what I mean? Um, and you know what? This is more than Miro's been given in two years. Yeah. So I'm down for, for it. You know, pretty pretty enjoyable fight. Um, do you think, uh, oh, and I actually thought Definitely. they gave Andretti a lot more than I would have thought. They're actually letting, oh my gosh, Charlie, this is the other thing that we've been asking for a while. They're letting Miro have actual God, matches. How different does it feel? His, his whole presentation really feels like a big star. I genuinely, like, to think about how night and day Miro is compared to, like, even Rusev Day, you know, which was good, but it, it ultimately probably would, it was going nowhere, obviously, with who was in charge, so, like. But I, you know, Andretti, uh, you know, I think he, I think he wants that opportunity, but they just, they don't, is he, is he the perpetual guy right now in that sort of spot that like, um, Sky Blue and, um, and, uh, maybe like, um, Orange Cassidy and other people were like that for a while where like, we know how good they are, but they just don't have anything for them right yeah. now kind of thing. Like, is that Andretti right now? Is he at that stage where like, we he's good enough and we know it, but it's form, just yeah. either... Anyway, the uh, we had the JS we had the JAS rejects backstage. Um, uh, I like, uh, I like, perfect. Do what? <laughs> that's what they are, dude. They're the JAS rejects. Um, they don't have a name, and until they do, that's what I'm going to call them. Um, and we had uh, I actually uh, I liked Anna grabbing the mic here. Um, let her be the leader of this new group. I know, I know they they're trying to position Daddy Magic that way. But I honestly, can you imagine a fucking female-led male faction of former members of another faction? Can you imagine how like yeah. incredible that would be? I'm, I'm down. Like, let her be the fucking big swinging dick Agreed. in the room. I like that. You know what I mean? Like, 
That'd be cool. She's good enough. Like, shit. Oh, she's actually a shit wrestler. <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Federation sympathizers, you know, possessing me again. Um, but, like, I... So, I actually want to talk about one thing from this segment, though. And that was at the end of this segment. We had a, a cross-cut to a Ruby Soho interview, which I thought... I, I like that. I like the idea of if they're going to do these back-to-back interviews instead of cutting away and then cutting right back, right? Or cutting to, like, a video. They just have two people yeah. come up in a row. You know what I mean? Um, and we had a little, like, cool interaction here between Cool... It was like a little flirty interaction between Cool Hand and Ruby here. And I was like, that was... There's something there, dude. I'm telling you. I don't know what it is. There is something there. They have some weird chemistry. Like, I think people I've seen were seeing on Twitter saying that they... I don't want to say what they were saying because I didn't actually look into it. But, like, I saw some stuff that was like, I didn't know. And I was like, oh, man, like why not just go for something interesting? I, I, I've talked about this before. If there's yeah. something there, it, maybe they should go for it sometimes. Yeah, I think, like uh, this, you know, like, I'm not sure if you're referring to this, but it sounds like they are real life partners. So, yeah. That's what I was seeing on Twitter, but I didn't like look it up. It makes anything, sense so though. Like, it makes sense. I meant so to look it up like, to like hey, talk little, about this. But. Yeah, it'd be kind of funny if we did a side by side thing here. So that's cool. Actually, I love this because both groups are kind of falling apart right now, and they both need some. They're going to both need something to do afterward when they when because I don't think either of these groups, the outcasts, or I don't think the JS rejects. As much as I would like for them to figure something out, I think it's like a, a slowly like collapsing house at this point, you know. Um, and all these people will eventually go their separate ways. And I think when that happens, if you can somehow, if this is like the main focus, like, can you imagine how cool that would be if you have these two separate intersecting storylines that are crossing because these two. They're like they see it all falling apart, and they just want to. They just yeah. want each other now. They don't even care about anything else. They they just want to actually do what they like, you know. And like that, that's I, I'm telling you, there's something there. All right, we had um, another phenomenal video package for La Faccione Ingobernable, and um, Roosh is just straight speaking facts here. He deserves to be a world champion. Roosh. He really does. Um, and uh, who who do we think uh, Roosh is going to get his title uh, shot? Against, I do Orange Charlie? Cassidy. Oh. All right, if you're gonna take it off orange, if you're gonna panic, un- unbook orange as the champion again here, man, that that there's a good way to. And he's and honestly, even if you want to run this for like a few more months with him and actually have it be like the wheels falling off again, I mean, there's not more of a buzzsaw that you can run into when you're about to when you know when you've been barely holding it together for a while anyway, you know, like than Roosh. So I'm that's typical. Um, would you? What would you like to see for Jalistico and uh, Impressive? Would you like to see them get like um, some shine as a tag team, individual stars? Like you talked about that individual yeah, star. I think this could like, be a hell of a trio. And... But um, yeah, I mean, I think we can let them all both work as single stars. Uh, they've they've teased them in Ring of Honor a little bit here and there. I think that would work out really well too. I mean, Preston Vance off of a push going for Samoa Joe's belt would be really some good stuff. I think. And the Jalisco fits 100%. right in with all the all the super um, matches that we've been getting in Ring of Honor. Jalisco fits that bill. Oh yeah, when you think about the run of matches he was on before they had a lot, brought oh, a lot of those. He people is officially in. on He's the been roster a, part of it now. a little bit. That was like, the thing I forgot to add. So down perfect. goes Brock Anderson, and in comes Jalisco. Oh, that we have so. Jalisco. There you go. He's one that hey, he's earned the spot, bro. He when he first remember when we first saw Jalisco, and I was like, bro, this guy, what the fuck is this guy? You know, and look at him now. Look, look at that main faction member in LFI. 
Um, we have Eddie Kingston backstage speaking to Jay Lethal and uh, calling him Jeff Jarrett's little bitch, and then he's lost his way. And uh, they basically better not bring that shit to him or he's going to get his ass kicked, you know? Um, so Eddie Kingston going to uh, probably uh, you know, kill Jay Lethal, it sounds like. Um, and uh, God damn it, you know, that's what you get for beating somebody up in a street fight, I guess, you know? Um, we had FTR in a match against some, uh, some, yep. some, some of these jabronis, bro. And just thrown out there for the fucking hell of it. And I was like, why is this the, like, this is FDR's first match back. Like they build this like as this. <laughs> and then they hit us with it again, Charlie. We had Malachi Black and the rest of the House of Black interceding here. And I got to say, fire the bell ringer because they didn't throw the match out. Like, have you ever seen that before where they, where they literally didn't ring the bell as soon as somebody like intervened in the match? Like somebody gets hit and the match yeah. still continues to go on. Like, didn't, that didn't look uh fire the yeah, bell right didn't look Sorry. professional if you will yeah but no it contest. still worked for what it was um and yes so <clears throat> excuse me um so ftr are now tied up in this uh, house of black thing which is i mean the amount of so so far we have brian and we have ftr and we're not done yet so we have Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta taking on Ricky Starks and Big Bill for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, right? And I have to ask you a question, Charlie. Um, the reason why I didn't go straight into the House of Black stuff is because there's one more thing, and then we'll go back. We'll get back to it. So, um, but anyway, um, the the Big Bill and Ricky Starks as your tag team champions taking on Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Are Wheeler and Claudio left in the background too much, man? In the BCC, I, I think do, they, do do they get, get enough shine. shine and, like, um, we've been seeing more and more for you know a solid like four months here and there. I think Claudio's attached more to Yuta now than either of the other guys in the club, and I think eventually we'll see that down the line when there's an event. You know, when they when they when they eventually need to acknowledge you know something within inside the group that you know maybe the dynamics changing. I think we're going to see Claudio have Wheeler's back. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe Claudio's the next leader of this group and takes it to the next, you know. I want the Blackpool Combat Club to be the thing. It could be. I want that to be the biggest group in wrestling. Agreed. I mean, look, there's one person that has ever been, like, have you ever heard uh, William Regal say, like, the one guy that he was willing to end his career to was Claudio? You know what I mean? So... If anyone's going to take over the Blackpool Combat Club, I mean, I love Brian. He is Will, William Regal's yeah. like surrogate son. You know what I mean? Like, but Brian is more Brian's, than that. To Brian's on the last chapter, that, you know, even and, even and, Regal. Yes, and and Claudio is the embodiment of the Blackpool Combat Club. Truthfully, you know, even if he wasn't int- originally intended for it, he he fits it more than just about anybody. So you know, um, there's something we have to acknowledge about this match, though, Charlie. We lost Kevin oh, Kelly for JR here. No. We can't be doing that. I'm sorry. Especially with Shivani there now. I, I don't want to lose Nigel. I love Nigel, and Nigel adds a lot. But if we're going to bring in JR and lose one of the commentators, and it's not going to be Shivani, then Kevin Kelly cannot be the one. I'm sorry. That is just... You're losing one of the... Co- Again, it feels like they stripped away all the unique bits of the show piece by piece this week. And I don't know why, because the show itself was They are bad. stripping away the unique like, bits. That's a very I don't know why they decided to do that. Yeah. It's so, fu- it's so frustrating, but... um, By the way, we kind of have basically had basically more or less like ever since the, the 
Brian Danielson's basically been a babyface all year since his matches with um uh or sorry his match with well I guess matches yeah with MJF right um and so are we thinking the Blackpool Combat Club are basically a babyface so, yes. faction at this point like yeah. even with Mox being Mox like Mox is gonna Mox he was that was the whole formation of the group was that it was a heel and a these face guys gotta love getting at the booked time, so. collision main events getting um, that twenty plus minutes I bet that's probably these wrestlers' favorite thing right now one hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that like a lot of the things that I'm saying, uh, not being like actually about the match says a lot. Like this match was good, but like it just wasn't anything. Like I think for it was it was a collision main event, but I didn't like. I thought the ending of this match, like like with a lot of the other segments in this, made this segment more than anything. Um, and we have the House of Black arriving again to make a third appearance. We also had John Moxley showing up to this segment. And basically, we had a really chaotic, massive fucking inter like connected brawl because of what the House of Black did across the course of this show. And now you have people from all over the place showing up and battling. And I don't know what this is going to lead to, Charlie, but the House of Black have started a war on Collision. And I am just like blown away that they decided to go with this as a storyline because it's going to be chaos. Talk about an incredible way to present the group. I mean, oh my God. You know, they feel like such badasses after. What a week for the House of Black. If you have stock in the House of Black, you just made some fucking money. <laughs> you know? Like, 100%. Like, this... I'm I'm so excited to see where this goes. Because, who knows? They may not stop at Collision. This may continue through on to Dynamite, like I was saying. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be crazy. And I just, Yeah. Uh, it's, just when you think the House of Black are nowhere to be seen, just when there starts to be more rumors about Malachi potentially going back to WWE, he immediately comes back and does some crazy shit in AEW. It's amazing every single yeah. time. You know, so like, good. Another another fun collision and the collision main events, man. That's that's my biggest takeaway. Um, all right, you've had a week to sit with it. How are we feeling about uh, Ricky and Bill's? Yeah, uh, eh, you. All right, let him cook. I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, hopefully, cook. I'm a believer soon. I'm sure I will be. I love the guys. So let's jump into Battle of the Belts 8, shall we? I'm sorry I said 7 at the beginning of the show. I probably threw some people off. My bad. Uh, we open up with Orange Cassidy and John Silver for the AW International title match. Um, well, Duke, we didn't care about John Silver as the challenger. Would it shock you that the crowd didn't either? And we felt that. Um, all in all, they went and did their thing. Uh, the most memorable thing from this match is Orange Cassidy and John Moxley bumping shoulders uh, before the match begins. I thought that was a pretty cool thing, setting up uh, maybe a potential full gear rematch. And uh, wow, I did not think that storyline needed another match. Um, I guess we'll see, right? I. I mean, yeah. Was that this? Was this match genuinely just to set up? Is this is this your avenue to get to that match? Because you could have just been like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think they could still have a really good match. I just don't know. Like, it does seem like, and like they keep bringing up this idea of, oh, is the is the championship cursed now? Because everyone keeps losing it, and like, just get that's so out of place for this title right? I feel like you know I just I, mean? like, I, I can't help but feel like everyone we're yeah, taking like, just another step back. Like, dude. Look where we just were, you know? Ah. 
Like this has to be super disappointing for Orange. Like after everything yeah. he did with that title, like I'm sure it is. Um, yeah, uh, oh. Lexi's backstage with Andrade. She asked him a question about his match with Danielson on Collision. They were interrupted by C.J. Perry. She said Andrade could have become the biggest star in wrestling with a little guidance, and Andrade gave it a little bit of thought. So I guess we're getting Andrade versus Miro now, which is just my God. With the match streak that Andrade that I've been like glazing up for a while now, and Miro has also been on like a rel- relatively good streak. Yeah, I mean, I am so on. down. Tony Nese gets defeated by Samoa Joe for the World Television Championship in a millisecond. Um, yeah. If you watch, uh, my takeaway from the promo he cut give afterward was want. basically uh, give me what I want. Jump to the match I was probably most anticipated about. AWTBS title match, Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. And um, Willow, you know, a lot of people were wondering, is she going to turn heel? She didn't. She, uh, Sky Blue, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on that storyline. And um, yeah, I thought this was a pretty fun match. This was uh, your, kind of your, your hosses of the women's division going at it. And they hit some big moves. They hit some explosive moves. There was a tree slam into the corner that I thought was incredible with the cannonball into the corner. You name it. Um, that was a really fun stuff. And Statland hit a 450 splash to score the victory. Um, after the match, she offered uh, Willow a handshake, but Sky Blue entered the ring and stopped it. After a pause, Willow accepted the handshake. Blue looked annoyed and left as Chris Statlander stood tall. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Like, great, great match, by the way. I will say that it's a, it's like I said, it's like a unique thing you don't always get in the women's division. The, the kind of hostile, yep. the the big meets, if you will, you know. Um, and um, what that Avalanche Death Valley Driver just insane. Um, I'm not really sure. Again, this just seems like another one of those misfires in terms of a storyline with with involving Willow. Like, I don't know why you missed at her as well if you didn't plan on doing something with it. Uh, is it to show that it doesn't always have the same effect on certain people? Like, I don't even that is a little confusing. I, you know, eventually we are going to have like when this storyline is eventually come, we're going to have to have Malachi actually sit down and get, tell us what he was going for. Because sometimes I feel like I know, and sometimes I don't. You know, like and this yeah. is one of those instances where I don't like. Um, and then Lexi was backstage with Orange Cassidy. Cassidy mentioned that Silver kicks very hard. Talked about the incident before the match with Moxley, noting that Danielson and Claudio got in his face too. Claudio. Cassidy challenged Danielson and Claudio to a fight on Dynamite. And Cassidy's partner is going to be Kazuchika Okada. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Holy fucking shit. Oh, that was awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, Holy shit. Looking forward to that. And then we get the trios title in the main event where the Acclaim defeat the JAS Rejects. Garcia's dance is the thing that's over. People want to see it. And uh, yeah, I mean... Bro, it was so over with. The, it was the loudest they thing really they reacted cared. to on this entire and, thing. Um, again, the split of the JS like rejects is it's gonna happen, and it's gonna be big when it happens. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I, I will say that. But the match itself, you know exactly what this match was. It was perfectly fine. Um, just nothing out of this world extraordinary. But um, that was Battle of the Belts eight, and uh, Danny Garcia stole the show with that dance. So. Willow and Willow and uh, Chris Statlander are definitely the best match of the night, I would say, for uh, Battle of the Belts. Looking forward to next week, we have, for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, MJF versus Juice Robinson. 
the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, uh, Hangman Page and the Bucks against the Hardys and Brothers A. AEW Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida versus Ruby Soho. Okada and Orange Cassidy versus Danielson and Claudio. Rob Van Dam and Hook versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Tony Khan will have a gift for Sting, and Jericho has the sit-down interview with Renee. So we should have a fun week next week. And um, again, if this is your first time ever checking us out, thanks for checking us out. If you're one of our longtime uh, kind of uh, patrons, if you will, we really appreciate it. Um, we've recently hit some cool goals with the podcast. You know, we we now are well over the 10,000 listens marks. And it's just like it's cool to see some growth that we've had throughout our show. And um, for those of you that have stuck around, you know, even hit the little follow button in your Spotify feed. We really appreciate it. Apple, whatever happens, whatever platform you're on. You know what I mean? Uh, Twitch.tv backslash the Duke of Derps. If you guys want to check out some badass stuff. We'll be doing a 24-hour stream here. At Sleep Elite is the Twitter, the X.com. If you want to pop in there and send us a message or anything, we will uh, we'll always say hey back. We'll give you a quick little follow back. We like to uh, kind of build our community. So, hey, hey. Oh, we'll say hey. hey, hey, hey. All right, on that note, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Wardlow, do your thing, man. You're going for the world title, it looks like. Take us home, brother. <laughs>